0: So this is, like, that time when I was in high school and I, like, tried to, like, sneak some booze from my parents. Not that they would have cared, but I was still, you know, like, TV taught me that I should be sneaky. And, like, obviously at, you know, 15, I'm going to want some Baileys. Um, They say that you don't need to refrigerate Baileys, but it turns out that if Baileys sits in your liquor cabinet for...
1: Years, it's years and
0: years. (laughs) It solidifies in the bottle, but like there's still like um like a like a membrane of liquid around it. Like it's basically like it like in utero. There's like
2: oh oh no, don't say that. A
0: Bailey's like (laughs) uh, fetus in the middle. And so like I was like, well, surely I can just break that up with a chopstick. (laughs) (laughs) Um, not recommended. everyone to May Week Again, a little podcast where we talk about The Hundred and other sci-fi nonsense. Um, my name is Joe. I am joined today by Jen.
2: Oh my god. And Cece. <laughs> oh sad, I just get silence? What well, oh, a sound effect. <laughs> you don't get my air horns?
1: No. <laughs> That's no, no, my no.
2: gimmick. Absolutely, but that was just that just was, That's oh it's you.
1: just yay yay
2: you yeah, that didn't
0: all right all right cool um <laughs> if you're listening to us you probably found us on soundcloud or itunes but if Did i don't you know say sad cloud i <laughs> found us on SadCloud sad well no to
1: this this episode you'll find us on SaltCloud <laughs> the
0: dead sea um Anywho, uh, you've probably found <laughs> us. Maybe that somebody gave you a bootleg tape, in which case you can find <laughs> us on SoundCloud or iTunes. Uh, you can come yell at us on Twitter at Geek Again. You can email us um, at Geek Again at gmail.com. Not that everyone ever does, but maybe someone will get crazy and decide to do that. Um, how are you guys doing today? Oh, you know, it's Salty. been a rough week. Salty.
1: It's been a rough week to be a fan of the show.
0: Uh, some some for some of you we'll we'll get into that because i'm this is apparently the reverse of our usual compliment sandwiches which will just be a salt sandwich and i guess i am the like not the creamy, salt, the creamy yes i will be the <laughs> creamy middle be. in your salt sandwich Ooh. um today we're actually going to be talking about uh episode 12 of season five is it damocles is that how we pronounce it I only ever read it, and I'm that not... That
2: sounds right. Sounds yeah, right. I think yeah. so.
0: Damocles Part 1, uh, written by Justine Yule gilmer uh, and directed by Dean White. Um, Jen, I have a note in here about your disclaimer before we get into stuff. Yeah. Well, oh, wait, I, wait. Actually, let's well, talk well, about what you guys are drinking and eating okay. and whatever, just because for normalcy. Um, Jen, <laughs> you are you finished a bowl of oatmeal and what, now sipping on yes, La Croix?
1: I, I, f- I finished a bowl of oatmeal. Don't get too excited, everybody. And now I'm drinking some tea. Is uh, it PG can... tips? Is it microwaved? It is microwaved PG tips. Thank you very much. And was left in there way too long, um, but so it's a little bitter. But that's fine. I so I, are you? I can't drink any. <laughs> 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 oh, I had to. Uh... <laughs> Damn it! Way way too long to open the app, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, like me. Sorry, I can't I can't drink alcohol anymore because I've got a non-alcoholic fatty liver and it's it's it sucks. Um Wait, no, so you're hopefully... not drinking at all? No, I can't drink alcohol ever, ever again. And
0: she's apparently, uh, you know, not taking any other substances because she wants to be a peak, peak focus for the straight salt.
1: up hundred percent sub.
2: Yo.
0: Um what about you, Cece?
2: Um, your curse, um, is still my, effect. my curse of IPAs. Yeah. It's still, I still can't do it. So I'm drinking an albarino.
0: Oh my God. What if your IPA curse is just you suddenly, like your body has changed and now IPAs taste to you like they taste to me.
2: But I thought that that was a thing like cilantro, like
1: it's like a taste bud thing. The way some Well, c- you can have a taste aversion to something that makes you sick. So I can't I can't eat banh mi. Um, oh, that's it, so sad. It made me violently ill a couple years ago, and then uh, for like thirteen years I couldn't drink tequila because I got violently ill in college off tequila. Um, that's what and so happens like, when you drink too much of it. Could <laughs> <laughs> you explain the science
3: of that,
2: <laughs> Cece? Please. No, I still can't. I still can't. I still can't drink Jim Beam or any anything that's like whiskey or bourbon. I mean, it's not really losing that much.
0: But I I am I am a little <laughs> sorry about your IPA aversion, but it also tickles me greatly. So, you know, potato potato. Um all right. Uh I what am Wait, what are you are you drinking anything? I have water and I have my um substance abuse or, or my pen full of substance to abuse. Um I may or may not partake. We'll see how this wrangling shit show goes. Um maybe I'll just like let you guys adrift on on the Dead Sea of salt and I'll, you know, wander well, off into <clears throat>
1: A you know, mental I, space, yes? I remember when I used to try to wrangle this show. Re- remember when, oh I, was, when I was still a part of it? Um, I As a remember. regular, as a founding member, mm-hmm, founding mm-hmm. father, mm-hmm. Um, and you and Shaheen would just go off and I would try to wrangle you all, and I just, my soul just eventually curled <laughs> up like a little dead spider, and I was like, fuck it, I can't do it anymore. So now you know how it feels. <laughs> it's terrible to be you. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, yes. or at least wrangle. Um, It's a bit of a disaster. So now that we've rambled for 45 (laughs) minutes, um, Jen, what's your disclaimer about about our podcast? My disclaimer? Because I don't even know what it is.
1: Well, you know, so I am very, very, very upset um, with the direction this season has taken. And my frustration kind of came to a head and spilled over with this particular episode. Um, But it's been building for a while now. and. I am very salty, very, very salty, very, very critical about it. And what I want to make sure that everybody who's listening to this podcast understands is that I have nothing but a thousand percent respect for the effort and talent of everybody involved in the show. Uh, that's the actors, the crew, the writers. Um, so none of this is to be is a personal attack on anybody. And if it if it seems like it is, then somebody reel me back because that that's an improper thing. Um, because you can be critically salty without being mean and attack people personally. Um, so we're not going to dox anyone. We're then. not going to... God, no. don't People don't dox anybody with this show. Don't be a fucking idiot. Um, and the other thing is... Uh, what was I going to say before you interrupted me? Thanks. Train Welcome. of thought. Completely derailed. <laughs> oh.
0: I thought we said... That you would not have sound effects control.
1: Look, I have it on my phone. I can't help it. It makes me laugh. Um, You know, so I might hit the air horn because it's my thing. Um, You can hit it as well. um, You'll still laugh? Dude, I can't... Like, I think about it walking to the bathroom at work and bust (laughs) out laughing. Like, randomly. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. I will laugh. Um, Oh, shit. So... Yeah, so I guess that, I mean, oh, the other thing was, is that I think it's important for us to acknowledge that, and this is a sports metaphor, so 90% of the audience is going to fall asleep right here. But Like, like me! S- like, some of the greatest power hitters in baseball were also super-duper strikeout hitters. Like, they, like, like s- struck out so much, um, you know, trying to, to reach for the fences, Wait, You know, and that's what I feel sometimes that these writers do—they take really big swings, really powerful swings—and hey, sometimes they just miss. And the season has turned out to be a big, huge miss for me. There's stuff I do really, really love about it, especially a lot of the new characters. I think the acting is top notch, but just like the story and how some of the characterization has gone, gone down, and the and the kind of the conflicts—it's it's it's gonna be a no from me, dog. Damn it! Oh
0: my god, I'm gonna have to get Shaheen to edit all this shit out. But
1: I mean, it's just—it's just one of those things. Like, I want people to to realize this is not an attack. This is us being salty because we're in a safe space and and we're huge fans of the show. Like, I love this show so much. We do a podcast about it. We do a I have—I've written over 150,000 words. That is a large fucking novel, you guys. On my site, declareshenanigans.com, plug, 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 um, doing reviews of this show. Oh, for fuck's sake. My dog. Um, so, like, we love this show so, so, so much. So this doesn't come from a place of of anti-100 anger or spite. It's just, it, it's not working right now, you guys, for us, for some of us. For Joe, some of you. Joe's, Yeah. Joe likes it. I, um, was, I, I think
2: I think the way, like, since a big theme of this episode was motherhood, I think the way that you I could frame it is, I'm not mad, but I'm disappointed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh CeCe, I love you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> god yes! damn it oh Aww, dreams These, do
1: come true people I are gonna be so horn.
0: mad when they listen they're gonna be like guys <laughs> it was funny the first like 12 times <laughs> <laughs> all right let's get into it now that we have disclaimered out of the way um huh? i guess uh is it is it foolish of me to ask for some overall takes um cc um, I see. I see. You also have a disclaimer. Was this to remind me to talk about Jen's disclaimer? Do you have your own disclaimer as well? is this disclaimer left, just, right, and center. All
1: it is is just thirty minutes of legal disclaimers <laughs> at the beginning, and then five minutes of discussion. And of then we got to wrap it up because wrap it up, guys. What are y'all watching? I was
2: gonna say. I was gonna say. I'm like, I'm a lawyer. I have a fucking disclaimer before <laughs> I start. <laughs> um, I, no. I mean, it's uh, everything Jen said, but you know. In the same way, like obviously, I haven't written nearly like Jen's or you know Jen's reviews are like weekly reading when I'm watching the show. But this is the first thing that I've watched that like inspired me to write anything other than a legal brief in probably almost 20 years. So it it's it sucks to be disappointed and feeling critical. Like it, that's not where I want to be. I want this fin- I I don't know how it can, but I want this finale to. Make me eat all of my words, you know. I want it to be like a nevermore with shit blowing up, and then I'll be like, okay, right? I, I mean, that's what I want
1: because I don't. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know if too, I don't know. If it's it, too. It's too late for me. Like they did. They went too far this season with certain things that, like. If the finale is Amaze Balls, I'll be like, okay, that was Amaze Balls, but it doesn't make up for the rest of it. Yeah, know? I,
2: th- I think it's <clears throat> you know it's a double edged uh, with all the things the passion and sort of what people love about the show. It's it's a double edged sword because mm-hmm. when you have characters that people care so much about and character relationships that people care so much about, that you know that's I, I assume for somebody who's writing creating something that that that's like that's a blessing that people would be that fired up about what you're creating the downside is that when something like this and and I think personally it was something that was had been building for probably almost two seasons now mm-hmm. but people kept hoping okay you know things happen like Jasper dies and Clark shuts people out of a bunker and pulls a gun on people and oh raven over here is might be committing suicide right like there's all and and no one's talking about it like i had these frustrations at exactly the same point last year and then they had a big um the big separation and and you were like okay so I get it. Now this is going to be about bringing all of these people back together, and then we're <laughs> going to get into all the shit. You,
0: I mean, feel like you guys are doing a great job, like setting up my complete and total rebuttal of all of this. Well, um, I,
2: and, and Joe, it's one of those things. Like, will you had outlined it to us, and you will, and it's yeah. not that my all of this and watching this episode. It's not like I didn't understand what they were trying to do. It's not that I mind watching characters that I love fuck up. I, <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't watch the show if, if I if I minded that, right. It's that it stopped it, it was so frustrating to not watch characters exhibiting, expressing in any way emotion that that seems at least to me personally makes sense. That, that this acts that like the choices they're making and the emotional impact its just not landing at all for the characters on screen that I'm watching. Mm-hmm. And therefore it's not landing with me. So yeah. I under, st- I, like I understand what they were trying to do and I understand where we may be going, but it's just been like two years now of things broken, and we haven't had an episode like Nevermore where people just fucking yelled about it since season three. Like, I don't need people to get along. I don't need people to be on the same page. I don't need them to be Adventure Squad all the time going around. I I, I just need them to remember that the other exists, and when somebody dies or, or they think that they're dead or they're having an argument and they're betrayed, that either through the editing or the dialogue, or something, is showing me that that they remember that those things happened and those other people exist.
1: Hey, we got a Jaha mention. Yeah, but no, I mean, I I see what what Cece is saying is like you also want these people to acknowledge that the people around them are are or were important to them. Like, I can't, I can't. It's hard to depend on facial expression alone after two seasons where I feel like that's what the big task has been, especially for Eliza Taylor to have to do. That's a lot of heavy lifting, um, on a character, uh, on an actor's part. The other thing is like, there's some characters who are acting so completely out of character and not even regressing to a, to a, a past point, but changing so fundamentally who they are that it's, it's, it's destroying some of the characters for me. Namely, well, one character, Clark Griffin, the the main character who I care about the most. Um, So it's just like, um, it's, what I think what it is, it's they're feeding these characters into the plot and conflict machine and grinding them up and trying to extrude something out of them that, is pushing the plot and the conflict forward, but it's not in any way helping the characters express who they are fundamentally, uh, share moments together, express emotions that make sense, and make decisions that make sense. And there's some things that are so that that are fundamentally um, uh, offensive to me about this season and what transpired in this this episode that I was like, I was like seriously asking myself am I now completely done with the show? I mean I have and I've never had a moment like that before except after 307 um, after they killed Lexa and that whole backlash and I had to process what I was feeling and what other people were feeling and I was processing things incorrectly about what I thought other people should be feeling um, but but this was the first time I was like, I think I'm done. I think I'm completely and utterly done. obviously I'm on this podcast. I am not done. <laughs> I wrote, a re- I wrote a review, albeit short and without my funny gifts, um, about this episode, expressing my dismay and frustration, disappointment. So obviously, I'm not done. I am actually excited. I can't believe this. worth the finale. That uh, and this and I actually. Relationship. So here's. I mean, I watched a little bit of this episode back. I could not watch the whole thing again because it was just. I, I, there were certain things that just. Could not watch without smashing something, um, but I watched um, I watched the, the the Clark and Echo conversation and then the the resulting conversation between Clark and Maddie after it. And despite having so many problems with what was going on, I was I was tearing up. Mm-hmm. That's how conflicted I am about this show,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it it pisses me off.
2: It's funny too. I went to dinner with them. like if we a lot of the conversations we see. Or it licks, you know, through Twitter and stuff. It's people that, you know, have been super, super super invested, pay attention to every detail, had had hopes and dreams coming to this season. Right. But I had dinner with my friend last night and she's, you know, she really, really likes the show. But, you know, all she does is watch the show. And then she texts me and then sometimes I'm sure she's frightened with the level of detail that I respond
0: <laughs> with. She's like, whoa, whoa, just asked if you saw the latest episode. You're like, and here and are like, My, this, my 10 this. favorite fanfics she's just like, this week. They've stopped refilling our water at dinner. Like, we have to go.
2: <laughs> but, so the thing she said is, and this is somebody who has, you know, she, she's now a criminal magistrate. She Dwells in the gray and hor- like horrible things that people do every day, and she's like, "I'm used. All I do all day is listen to people make arguments about who's wrong, who's right." And I've oh, she's like, "What I've I've always loved is that that show that the show leaves it up to the audience." And she was like, "I was watching this episode, and she's like, and it was the same." nobody's right nobody's wrong she's like except maybe indra <laughs> and then she was <laughs> indra and, is always right right but then what she said which really struck me is she's like the difference is i don't have anyone
1: to root for exactly that 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 is my, i have the, i have t- my i think the crux of my issue at this point now a- after maybe this season and kind of last season because cc you've been bringing it back a little to season four and i think that is a very valid valid thought is that number one i have no one to root for no heroes whatsoever and i don't need like good guy heroes superman big big blue big uh uh the big boy scout um I, i don't need somebody who has a big red s on their their chest and be the obvious hero, but I have no one to root for. Nobody, not even my most favorite character in the history of characters. And then the second thing is, there is zero hope. None. None whatsoever. Everybody's yeah, dying. I, Love and is I, dead. And
2: I think yeah. And I think the reason is the show has always. You know, when we have conversations, the shows have the shows always had your your protagonist. You know, committing genocide or torturing <laughs> people or doing horrible things. But it was always and we can ponder what this means about like our psyches, but it was always tempered with that they were, that that was despite the horrible things. I mean, you understood that they were under very difficult circumstances, or at least hopefully uh, understood that sometimes I think people are like more judgmental of one character or another. But what you always saw is that, that, that there was love between people that they were fighting for people and when they did those horrible things you know it impacted them and they were processing it right like after ton dc you had clark having those really difficult conversations with Lexa and with Octavia and with her mom. And you saw how it weighed on her. And after Mount Weather, you saw how Bellamy and Clark were both destroyed by it. And after, you know, Tandy seeing Kane and Abby under the rubble, and there was time for them to be like, look at these horrible things that we've done. And now our children are doing them. And that is that what we've passed down to them. And, and it, the narrative made time to have those kinds of conversations where you felt the emotional weight of the conflict. And that mm-hmm. is what the end, the back half of season four, with Jasper killing himself and Clark closing the door and dooming a bunch of characters that we love and shooting a gun at Bellamy. And then it was like a quick convo in a, in a rover and they were flirting and like crashing into a tree. And I was like, that's yeah. not what I was expecting after that kind of, I was expecting something like we saw in Dama, And so we're at the same point, And I think sort of why the dam broke Is you have Raven meeting with Clark for the first time in the room and it's two lines and she's gone. And and you're like, and then it and then it hits you, we only have one episode left. This is the hundred. That means there's gonna be all kinds of crazy shit happening. There isn't gonna be time to satisfactorily put these people back together to at least express why they're angry at each other. So So, what is
0: what's the point of all of it? so so do you guys mind if I like not count you know sort of you guys have said yours do you mind if I like jump in or do you guys have more to like
1: <laughs> oh is there more <laughs> <laughs> well I just so I promised I would talk about Kaiju um on Twitter so I thought I should probably talk about Kaiju then okay like he, is is this a good spot for it or would you prefer yeah I mean okay this, I mean so like look you could Totally. And for our you, listeners, can you explain what Kaiju, Kaiju is. is? Godzilla. It's a big huge Japanese monster. It's all it is. It's um Mothra, Godzilla, all those other things. So basically like I'm watching this season and feeling myself growing more and more distant from having an emotional connection with these these characters that I've loved for you know four and a half seasons now. And I'm, I'm basically like, you could literally replace the characters with the giant Japanese monsters, and I would feel the same about the characters. Like, my em- emotional investment is almost nil. And all these characters, all these giant kaiju characters now, Godzilla Clark and Mothra Bellamy, all they're doing is knocking about and moving the plot forward and fighting, and there's conflict, but there's... I feel nothing for them. So I might as well be, like, watching... These, these big formed monsters that have primitive minds that don't really know what the fuck they're doing except destroying cities and each other. That's all I'm watching right now. Like, where, where are the hooks that get me back into who these people are? The other thing is um, there's a, a lack of these characters checking in on one another to, to take the temperature of other relationships what we have right now is we have characters who usually have these one-on-one conversations and that's it. That's the, the emotion and the conflict and the the consequences, the, 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 the emotional consequences are kind of held in that little space. But no one ever goes, hey, I saw you and Bellamy fighting. What was that about? Are you okay? Like no one has checked in with Raven about what's the deal with Shaw? Are you like, Digging on each other, no one goes to a and says, "Look, what's the deal with you and Murphy?" There's, there's no, of, there's none of these conversations that would naturally take place between people who have a connection and care about one another. It's all of these one-on-one isolated things. There's nothing to hook everybody back into, each, in with each other, except for major, huge plot points. Oh, we're going to destroy the earth. Okay, everybody get invested in that now. That's where all our emotion and the, the momentum is going. But there's no bringing it back and, you know, having people emotionally multitask with one another. It's like, it's like you have a family and mom and dad talk to each other. That's it. Brother and sister talk to each other. That's it. There's n- there's no checking in on on any other relationships except for the one that was just on screen and then we forget about it uh, unless it drives conflict forward and drives plot forward and I'm fucking sick of it I'm fucking sick of it Oh I swore for the first time I think <laughs> Well um this just a sec I'm an adult God
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh. Joe Joe are you gonna bring the creamy part?
1: oh bring, my God. bring the creamy well, this like is, this is more of an like we got salt sandwich. salt give us some creamy bukkake for us oh jesus um all right so
0: two two salts one cup um <laughs> all right so so i i fully hear what you guys are, are are saying and like i i think that some of those criticisms are fully valid in sort of what i'm about to say and sort of my thesis for 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 this season um and it's interesting that you guys brought back specifically season season two and season four because we left season four and I remember that the expectation was awesome. This time, this time jump is going to give everyone time to come back together and remember why they loved each other. Like season one, it's going to be great. Awesome. That's what I think fandom's expectation was. Mm-hmm. But... The way that I see season five, they're not done telling the story that they were telling in season four, they're not done telling the story that started really at the end of season two with where these characters were going. And it was down. They're going down, down, down. It wasn't until this episode that Clark and and Octavia primarily hit their rock bottoms. And we saw it with Abby in the previous episode, which I think was good because obviously we we couldn't have all of them sort of exist that way. But basically, everyone's like, the time jump, it's going to reset everything, hooray. No, all that time jump did was either put characters in stasis or give them room and time to sort of really further entrench and dive down even further, especially true with Octavia, which we did see in the dark here. That was six years of her to just keep going down and down and down. And Clark, we sort of initially, like, didn't really realize, like, at the beginning, we're like, oh, she's kind of disconnected, whatever. We didn't really realize that that six years wasn't exactly healing for her. She was in a place where It might not have been as obvious, but she was still going sort of on this downward loner spiral that she was going from way back in season two. And so Mm -hmm. what happened is everyone's in these, you know, in in this six-year time jump. And Clark, all she's done in this time is sort of convince herself that she's better by forming, uh, by sort of redirecting her, her, uh, you know, Negativity and, and sort of uh, addiction and codependence into Maddie, which we definitely saw as her, you know, like, it has not been great. Um, the thing with Space Crew is that they've, they kind of basically had the best option. I, I think we can all sort of agree that, like, it was way better than being in the bunker. And so we got to... <laughs> so we we bet. Just put, just put that out there.
2: Um, it and, like had a gym and... Yeah, it's
0: fine. <laughs> like, Whatever. They had some algae just, Mon- Murphy almost died, but he's fine. And so what happened in Space Crew is that we kind of got like a much more natural aging progression of what happens when somebody goes from 18 to 24, in Bellamy's case, you know, a couple years older. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you see this sort of maturing, you see like a little bit of changing of who they were and all that. that. Um, but with Clark and Octavia, it's sort of the six years just really sort of fermented them. And I think it wasn't until this episode that I kind of was able to really tie it back mentally for for myself into, honestly, Abby's storyline, which I felt like we've discussed on the pod and had a lot of frustrations with. Um, Because at the beginning of the season, all we knew was that she was this, an addict. um, But we didn't really see of the story from like her sort of point of view and sort of what caused it. And now that I look at the show, I'm like, oh, this was actually a story of addiction for all three of them. And so it wasn't until this last episode uh, and then the one before, The Dark Year, where all of those three hit rock bottom. And Kane could actually be, you know, in it lumped into this as well because he kind of just got so, like, myopic with his um, with his desire for, for Eden and he became obsessed that sort of the collateral damage didn't matter. And so, yes, we have this conversation where you're like, Why the fuck wasn't Raven the one to tell, you know, to get to convince Clark? Why the fuck didn't they have a conversation? And the reason for that is Clark was like just skimming the bottom of her, of her, you know, of her, you know, her rock bottom, her whatever the opposite of an apex is. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she didn't get to have that conversation with Raven because she had pushed her away. She had betrayed them again. And so... People are angry that that Echo was the one to have this conversation with her and that, you know, that it had to be that it was Lexa, fucking ghost Lexa, uh, what what did Selena term it as? Um, uh Flexa. Flexa, Flexa, which I really liked actually. Um, and the reason for that, I I see it as she has no one fucking left. It's the same reason, like, like, of all people to tell her that she done fucked up when all you have left is the ghost of your ex-girlfriend and your quote unquote possible like romantic nemesis or you know as fandom considers her romantic nemesis like (laughs) you've done you done fucked up and so when it's Octavia kind of coming to that realization that one crew's not coming back and that she broke Mm -hmm. one crew the people that she cared about were there and they're not the one to teach her that she broke up one crew she's there to see that like everyone that she was trying to save and care about she done fucked up and they're not coming back for her and so this episode to me was sort of for those characters, the same that we saw with Abby's character in the se- in, in the episode before. This is their addiction rock bottom. And so this is a trajectory that they have been on since season two. And then to also compound it as the expectation that they're going to like, the people that they spent nine months with on the ground before the six year time jump no like the the balance of time that you spend with somebody isn't there and the ba- and and the amount that you change from 18 to 24 is huge and so you know all of these things just kind of coming together i for me that sort of realization of that the story isn't we're not getting those character moments that people really wanted and expected because Yes, it has been a hard couple of seasons where they have just been getting further and further and further apart from what we want, you know, from, like, what the audience expectation is. This whole season was absolutely on purpose for that, because a six-year time jump isn't going to fix the trajectories that they were on. Well, they they still, still have to jump. hit bottom. Oh, oh,
2: well, but the, here's, here's the... But I, So, what you just outlined is a great story, and yeah. I absolutely... I wasn't expecting them to come back. And after initial reunions for it to be like puppies and rainbows, I expected there to be conflict. And I, I can think of other shows. Like there was one season of 12 monkeys where people are. seeing the fucking 12 monkeys. I know. And they come back and it's, Turn and the monkeys. whole season is exploring what the fuck happened to you. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like what is, why are you acting like this? Why are you making that choice? Or in the expanse when somebody does something at the end of the second season that is a betrayal, and the and and the you spend almost the entire season three where they are estranged, but but you feel it because mm-hmm. you have not only the characters interacting with the person who's made the choice that they disagree with, but they are then having side conversations, like Jen said, say like for mm. uh, like for an example, when Bellamy, when Clark left Bellamy. And left oh, him behind. When when Bellamy, she took
0: when she took um when she
2: took Maddie. Maddie, got it. Bellamy doesn't have a conversation with anyone, either in that episode or the last one, saying, Can you believe Clark left left us behind? Yeah, and, exactly. Right? And and you don't have Raven turning to I mean, she couldn't talk to Shaw about it, but Raven turning to Murphy and having a substantive conversation. Can you believe Clark, whose, like, memory we tried to honor for those six years, she had nothing to say to us and the first thing she did was point a gun at us? Right. I can totally see
0: that, like, there are elements lacking in mm -hmm. the formation of the story that they're trying to tell. I absolutely understand that. Because otherwise you don't feel anything. But at the same time, like, I feel like I, I... don't have as much of an issue with the story that they're trying to tell like it could it have been a little bit more elegant sure but I also think that the reason you know and you're and you wanting these sort of conflicts to sort of come to a head you know mm-hmm. earlier in the season I think you know just given the way that they're sort of you know set up this you know once again people are shitty conflict I think that it needed to be at the end it needed to be to the point where
1: Ugh. I mean but even uh,
2: even if it's yeah. gonna even if it's gonna happen at the end. I, what I, what I am most frustrated with is that if I have to pause an episode, (laughs) like I did, when Clark and Echo were talking, and Echo says, and she says, oh, Bellamy loved you, and uses the past tense, and Echo's like, well, he's not dead, we had to pause it, and Mr. Chick turned to me and goes, wait a second, this whole time, Clark thought he was dead? and just was that fucking stone cold like zero what what I mean I didn't even understand that she thought he was dead like Maddie had that well maybe he's dead but I didn't see any registering at all that Clark thought her best friend was dead or that if she knows like who's on what side of the radio and getting mowed down it's like if you're going to set up the conflict I, I don't even under like but the point I is that- be pausing that scene. <laughs> Not realizing that she thought he was dead. I, again,
0: I, I see it as they, especially Octavia and Clark, are so far gone that they don't see who they've become. And it wasn't until I, those
1: I, moments that they realized, fuck, I fucked up. Joe, I I think that you have an interesting take on <laughs> what the writers had intended. And, and I think you had... Here's here's the thing. Okay. I fundamentally disagree with you. Okay. Fundamentally disagree with you. Because there's some factors that are involved, t- two main ones that come to mind that would that in my mind dispute your take on what's going on. Okay. The first thing is the time jump. Traditionally, when a show does a time jump or a location switch, they're hitting a reset button. Now, granted, it's it's a soft reset but button. But we thought not, it was gonna be one, but it wasn't. But but it should have been they squandered the opportunity to with that time jump by just continuing on some very frustrating dead-eyed characterizations of some of these 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 folks that we've known you know for for 5 seasons now so the time so the time jump is a squandered opportunity and and the way i read clark throughout that time jump you know, at the end of season four, when she opens her eyes, I didn't see somebody who was still on downward trajectory. I saw somebody who was almost reborn. Um, she she had established a life for herself, and then we found out she had Maddie mm-hmm. with her, somebody to kind of pour her energy into, to, to train, to um, to educate, to keep her company, to tell her stories, to, to, to share her time with and sure. to form a bond with. That's that was carried through the very beginning of this of season 5. I felt that you know especially in the first episode Eden you see them kind of happy and carefree. There's not tension, there's not stress. And I don't think
0: they're supposed to be because there wasn't the outside catalyst. There wasn't she was able to sort of compartmentalize and like push that other stuff aside for these 6 years and unfortunately develop what what ends up being like a somewhat unhealthy relationship with Maddie that then you know spirals out of control once everyone gets reintroduced and but I don't
1: see here's what I don't understand why would Clark Griffin the person that we've known for four seasons suddenly develop an uh an unhealthy relationship with another person when we haven't seen her do that with anybody else really Besides maybe Finn, because we just didn't like him. Because Finn was the worst for all of for all of two <laughs> for all of two episodes. We have so here's the here's the so the, my first point to dispute you was the time jump. The time jump has to be important. It has to reset things, but it, it has to be used in that respect. I Otherwise, why do it? Why do, you're wasting my fucking time? The second thing was. They changed Clark so fundamentally, from a personality standpoint, from a characteristic standpoint, this season, and and it's it's sent uh, it's set it's it's done some very dangerous and and destructive things to her as a character, um, turning her into an irrational, stupid impulsive, abusive person towards a minor who makes these snap decisions, who doesn't have room in her heart for anybody else, especially the people that used to be in her life and who are so important to her. People she sacrificed her life for, she thought at the time. Now it's only Maddie. And turning into her stupid, uh, stupid mother. Like, I, I... I don't know how they could have done this to Clark Griffin, and how they can portray this version of motherhood—both her and Abby mirroring yeah. each other's fucking idiot decisions, abusiveness, um, desperation. To me, it just reads as this Whoa, is way. But we think mother- I don't. So, think so this don't think is actually a good
0: time to segue, I think, into the toxic mama bear um, sort of uh, yeah, sphere I mean, that let's we're talking that, about. Like, I let's, think let's talk about it's that. So,
1: I mean, the minute, the minute that Clark tried to um, say the password to get the the, um, the chip to disengage, and it didn't work because Maddie had somehow changed the password. Hand wave! <laughs> then she slapped the shock collar onto Maddie and actually shocked her. This is not the first time that she's been physically, uh, she's physically manhandled and be, been abusive with Maddie and completely... Um, ignored Maddie's personhood and her consent for these types of things. I was like, this is not Clark Griffin. Mothers do not do this. This is uh, an ira- if this is their mama bear version of motherhood that's irrational, stupid. but she's not supposed impulsive. to be healthy
0: motherhood. She is specifically supposed to be on this shitty fucking downward spiral that she doesn't realize until this episode. She doesn't I,
1: I, think there's nothing. Nothing in her past has ever culminated. How much do we know about her, that... though? We only know her for nine months. No, I, I understand that. There's a very valid point that we don't know her, but it feels so out of character, so out of bounds for her, and and that they would that they would make her be abusive towards a minor. Look, writers, you can make different choices. And still create conflict and drama. You don't have to do this fucking shit. I was so. I, I'm not a mom. I have. I have two dogs. I have two fur kids. <laughs> you're not. I you're not going to shock collar them. Yeah, no, I would never do that. I don't really like kids. I don't understand <laughs> kids. But I know in my soul that you are not supposed to be physically abusive with minors. You are not supposed to to force them into things that they have expressly said over and over and over again not to do to them because it would be harmful to them. And the show completely bulldozes that and gives us this weird fucking sexist view of what they think motherhood is. And then people will be like, well, Indra's a really good mom. And I will contend to you that they just haven't had enough screen time with Indra to fuck up her as a mom either. So I'm a little bit upset by this, obviously, um, because I got my dander up. (laughs) God damn it, <laughs> Cece. But, what 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 about Cece? You're a mom. You're a mom. Talk to us.
0: This is the only time that I ever want because I don't know if you guys ever had this in college, but like there would be the moms who would go back to school and we would be in class and then they would just they would interrupt to tell a personal story that had nothing to do with anything <laughs> and it would always start with, "Well, as a mother, I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> as that as is not mother. relevant." And I know that this. 15 minute dog leg that you're about to take us on is also not relevant, but you think that it is because you're a mother. Anyway, now's your time, Cece. That's how
2: you <laughs>
1: that's your intro That's That's <laughs> how you intro this that. This is Cece? The t- no Cece, let me help. Cece, the, the world's best mom, everybody! <laughs> You got you got in
0: stereo in too. stereo
3: <laughs>
0: Oh my god people are going to hate listening to this
2: uh, Okay <laughs> All right um, so give,
0: give us your real mom perspective
2: So I I will say we had a really <sighs> Mr. Chick and I as because I don't think I think that this is about a parent right Like I I I kind of I don't know, the whole like mama bear, uh, like I, my husband and I were both watching it as parents and we were both just like, I felt like every 30 seconds we were pausing it to stare at each other with our mouths hanging open when- Not
0: sexily though. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I just want to be clear. Like, I don't know what you're into. God damn it, Jen.
1: (laughs) That's, that, those are the sexy air horns. Uh,
2: okay, but I mean, we were we were so, um, and so I don't want to be like the mom in your college class, but like watching- No, no, that, this is the par- one time
1: it's valid, because
2: oh, oh, it's relevant. This is the
1: one time your opinion
0: as a mother counts. Yeah, every other time, shut it.
2: Thanks so much. <laughs> um, so when we were watching it, it's like particularly, like when you're watching it, I can't help but- put myself in the shoes of the parent and picture my child in the shoes of the child. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. just how we do it when we're watching it. And so it is, I don't want to be presumptuous, but like as painful as it was for you guys to watch that, we were just like uh, aghast at it to think that you would do that to your child. Now, Now, I don't want, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this this week. Um, because, you know, my initial reaction was that it's fucking horrible. And why, why does she resort to that? Like, if you want to prevent your child, like, I understand wanting to prevent your child from going headlong into being a fucking general in a battle because she's 12. So I can understand like Clark's uh, maternal instinct to like, you never let her do
0: anything fun.
2: (laughs) But, but, you know, could they have done could they have done something like Clark chains her up and Clark locks her up? Something that is preventing her from ex- yes, preventing herself from exercising her free will, which is part of being a parent. Yeah, if you think it's going to be unsafe, but was it? But was not crossing the line that was abusive? And so that was my first reaction. Now I have been thinking about it a lot, and this show has always tried to push you. To the most uncomfortable place. So like every moral dilemma, whether it's Mount Weather or like every, you know, it's if you were watching your mother be drilled down and about to be killed in Mount Weather, would you pull a lever and kill hundreds of people, right? It's always pushed in those uncomfortable places to make you be like, would I do that? And so when we were watching, you know, it's funny, like, a couple days later, my husband called me up and he's like, I've, got, I've been thinking about that episode. And like if the reason why they cross the line like that is to like make you think like if you're if you truly were convinced that your child was about to launch themselves headlong into certain death, would you be willing to cross any line Including hurting them, and that's what Abby told her to do. Whatever it takes. Well, which Abby's not know. parent of the Worst fucking year, mother. <laughs> no, <in the> world.
0: <laughs> right. Like, I, like, like Abby is not. Guys,
2: hold up. Like, I, I'm sorry. Like, I can't think of a single thing that Abby Griffin has d- done on this show that compares to what Clark did to Maddie. And I don't think what Clark was. I mean, what, what Abby was saying. Had <laughs> was any shot idea? Your kid. Right. So, like, let's not put this on Abby. That was Clark's choice. Like, yeah, it was
1: Clark's choice, but Abby has. Uh, but, I mean, but but I'm just Abby's going not a very good mom oh, if I i'm don't. I'm taking a look at well she's maybe not a that. good decision yeah. I I would I say disagree. she's not a good decision maker um well, and that bleeds into how she mothers
2: well uh, let's let's put a pin in that <laughs> because what uh, because I disagree but la- but just getting back to I think it was really really provocative and meant to make us feel really really uncomfortable and asking a question that is a fucked up question that is would you hurt i mean w- it, essentially the question is if you, if you thought that the only course of action to prevent your child from doing something that would result in their death was something that would temporarily hurt them would you do it and it's a super fucked up question to ask and i can you know, mon- <laughs> and i can monday morning quarterback and say i would never do that but I'm tr- I was trying all week to think of like a scenario, like if there was, you know, like people shooting guns down the street where we live and my daughter want to run headfirst to know it, like I certainly would tackle her. Like, to, what yeah. you saw the last, like, couple weeks ago, if she was trying to run out the door and there were guns firing outside, I absolutely would tackle her. So I mean, I how let, is this different? That's
1: that's immediate danger. That, that's, well, how that, is this thought,
2: different than a tackle? Not to be whatever,
0: like, I know that this no, is terrible. It is,
2: it, it is it, they intentionally pick something, and we can definitely debate, I, I, I still, like. Like, it was Maddie's choice to walk away. I'm not, what I'm trying to say is, and I can't believe that I'm like the mom on the podcast. I, I'm not trying to say that like what I thought Clark did, did I want to watch that character do that? No. Do I think that I would do that in her shoes? I think I up, up until this point, I think I actually as a mother would have made a, a very different series of decisions. Um, just thinking about the kind of world I want my child to live in. But um the whole point of it is to make us really, really uncomfortable and make us stop and think and say there are some lines that shouldn't be crossed even if it results in your child's death, and that means hurting them. And it was I mean, really- this is I, Clark Griffin rock I wish, I, 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 rock wish I could give
1: them that much credit. I really wish I could. I really wish I thought that was a conscious decision on their part to go, let's ask this really, really uncomfortable question. I think this was done not to be punny but for shock value. I don't, I mean... Uh, I wish that I could do, like, a, show, a depressed air horn. <laughs> like, the show has made some very questionable choices around some very, very important topics that lead me to indicate that they haven't done the depth of consideration that they need to do in order to justify some of the decisions they make. I will take us back to season three, and... um and, murphy and ontari um a situation that was coerced sex which is obviously rape that was never i don't think they ever looked at that and said let's push this envelope i'm sorry guys that's my uh emmets is there a bird so, or a squirrel so salt, they're so salty too they're so salty and there's people outside
0: oh well there's fuck like those car. people and oh, the oh,
1: it's, oh, it's the UPS guy. Oh, fuck that
2: guy. Well, yeah, Jen, bringing, Jen and Jen, there, I mean, makeup. there continues to be consent issues in this episode because Echo, yeah, asserts, exactly. She asserts, just, she, you know, she did it of her own free will, and Maddie's mm-hmm. like, I did it of my own free will. And I'm like, yeah, but you were 12 and alone you were 12, and in a you room with given, two adults.
1: Yeah, and what wasn't giving all, given all the information to make an informed choice, regardless of whether she's 12 or not. Like, if you, if, if, if Bellamy and Guy had given that choice to an adult, but had left the, the pertinent information that, oh, yeah, Octavia's probably going to kill you out of it, um, again, that is not a, a fully consensual decision because you don't have all the information. So I And, and this show has had issues like this before. Where I think, oh, they wanted to do this for the drama, for the shock, so we would be on Twitter and go, oh, my God, can you believe they did that? Because I think one of the things that they really, especially Jason Rothenberg, God love him, but I think he loves to get a reaction out of people. He wants that All quick All press hit. is good press? It, well, yeah, I mean, he wants that quick hit that, that you, you're you not going to be ready for this, guys. And I'm just like, you know what? I would be ready for something different because the choices that you sometimes make in these situations that are delicate and have and resonate into the real world a little bit um, can be very very damaging I don't think you need to depict a child getting hurt on TV in order to um, in order to keep them from making bad decisions to protect them from themselves I but and I realize th- i, I mean, that it's I supposed think- to show Clark yeah. going as 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 deep into rock bottom as possible if that's your take on it. To me it's just you it, you just can't do that in in media right now. It, it is for the same reason that you don't willy-nilly use rape anymore, it can't be this this shock value to to motivate or drive another character towards action or decision that's and that's that's a fair point
2: because it's the same i mean hurting a child because it helps you understand clark griffin's bottoming out of her character arc is the same as raping a female character so that it furthers a male character's arc and that's a really that's a really good point now if they were going if they were you know, I was trying to give them credit for trying to push a, a super uncomfortable, like moral question. Um, what was lacking in particular in the resolution of uh, between Maddie and Clark is I never heard Clark say out loud that what she did was, was wrong. wrong and ask for Maddie's forgiveness and an acknowledgement <laughs> oh, yeah. that it was, you know, I hurt you. I, I don't think I, that she regretted it yet, though.
0: I don't think that, I think, and my hope is that, you know, assuming that we are moving upward now with Octavia and Clark, that they have bounced off the bottom and are hopefully going to climb their way out, whether or not it's this episode or I'm, uh, this coming episode, which I think hopefully will get a little bit, but I know that Jason has his all of his boom moments that he needs to do. I do sort of expect that season six will be the things that we thought were going to happen in season five. But, but that's
1: what we keep the problem is. That's we what we keep,
2: keep hoping.
0: But, but
1: yeah, we keep pushing, uh, we keep deferring this satisfaction and where we want to take the story because we keep apologizing for the decisions they make. They're, they're, so, I mean, like, it feels like the middle of this season, the middle of last season, there was a lot of stuff going on, but no one was actually going anywhere. There was no forward momentum, there was no change. There's nothing fundamentally different about the state of where people were, and and, with, and specifically
2: maybe, like not, we're not, you're not talking about plot. You mean like within relation to each other,
1: but also with plot. Why did it take us? Uh, let's see, f- four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. That's it. Why know, did it take us eight episodes to go from Polis? To yeah, Shallow Valley. Well, I know, but I
2: mean, here's the thing. I, I actually don't, I mean, if you go back and you look at all of the past seasons, uh, season, it, season two had the same thing. Like, it was constantly trying to figure out how we're going to get into Mount Weather, and you don't get there until the finale. The difference is that in season two and season three, you had these, Kind of almost like mid-series finales.
1: Yeah, you had these ups and downs throughout the season. That that you know you'd, you'd climax. You had for Finn one story dying line. and Lexa dying. Finn dying. Yeah, Lexa dying. Like um, uh, Lincoln dying. Like you had these ups and downs throughout the season that carried the the momentum of the story forward. And now it's just like, it goes up, and then it stays, st- there's a plateau, and then it spikes at the end of the season. Great job, everybody. Wasn't that the best finale? Like, it it just, I, it doesn't work for me I, as, as a story flow. I
2: will say that as a woman who's a mother that while <laughs> as a gonna, mother, as, as saying, a mother who is also a woman, I'm saying that for you, Joe, um, <laughs> that, thank you. Well, because no, I'm, I, am i am sorry. I didn't mean to be like, uh, <laughs> what I was trying to say is like, it, it's both a feminist point of view that I, I hope that I would have regardless of whether or not I have children is that while I appreciate exploring the lengths that a parent will go to, to to keep their child safe and I think that's actually you know and and how that changes you as a person and it's something that I wish that I saw more realistic and nuanced portrayals of in entertainment what I am sort of sitting with at this point in the season I don't know if there's somebody in the writer's room who's a mom or not who's bringing that perspective of having to juggle Many different competing priorities, many different relationships, lots of different stressors. It's not what Clark Griffin's dealing with in these scenarios, mm-hmm. but mothers have to deal with a lot and yeah. portraying them as irrational, emotional, unable to see the forest through the trees, it's,
1: it's just kind of gotten to a point that it's a little demoralizing to watch it, it's and it rings sexist to me. It really does. It it rings into the kind of the old stereotypes of motherhood. I I definitely hear that. I, I think mm-hmm. I would
2: feel more like that if we hadn't have started this entire series with Bellamy acting kind of in the similar vein as a male parental figure. Um, but it is a really interesting like worldview, and maybe. Maybe I'm just being naive. I mean, this show takes place in heightened stakes of survival, and, and maybe that is how we would act. But, uh, you know, the idea that even if I had to make a choice for the survival of my three children and leave all everyone that I have ever cared about in my life, I just don't think it's a realistic portrayal That even if I would make that choice and we're going to go through that thought experiment and and if I would ultimately be like, yes, I ultimately would let the, you know, everybody I know go for my three children, I sure as hell wouldn't be like stone cold about it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And like never mentioning it and not shed a tear and never bring it up and to the point that like some members of the audience didn't even realize that you thought people were dead. And and that's the problem I have with it. So like if you're gonna push characters to these extremes, to the point that they burn to the ground every relationship that they've ever had.
0: But they have to feel like what they're doing is wrong to have that sort of no, upsetness no, about it. No, they
1: don't. No, they absolutely do not have to, to feel what they're doing is wrong. They're making a bad... They're making the only choice they think they, they can make. And it they absolutely still a... really can feel bad about... People, they love dying. Yeah, it would be a really painful choice. Show that it's a painful choice.
2: I want to be in Clark's head. But I want to know like how fucking difficult it was for her. And she gave a glimpse of it when she was talking to Echo. And Echo was like, it must suck to know that you betrayed everyone. And Clark is like, yes, it does. And Eliza Taylor's a great actress. And I saw the depth of what she was trying to portray. But if your protagonist is going to do that, we need more than just that snippet to understand that.
1: Yeah and and again like like my point earlier was they're asking her to to emote so much with her face that it's like they're almost leaning on it as a handicap to to hotshot through some of these conversations and through some of these emotions that should be expressed um, through an actual line of dialogue or two instead of well I think I think Clark's upset that that um, Bellmy is not dead, but maybe is now dead because she tra- betrayed him a second time. like I can't I can't tell. and she's never going to reveal that to anybody. I guess that's just I just I guess that's how we're just moving through this whole scene is just not acknowledging that anybody outside of Maddie is important to her, even though they should be and they they were for so many seasons. But it's like they com- they keep shutting Clark down as an emotional creature. Um, I, I, again, instead I, of having a well balanced kind of but, heart head type of character, but she's, she's not right now. Two. That's
0: the point the point is that she has been on this spiral downward that like has but she's
1: had six years to to, to, to marinate and to in it and, to and, and, marinate
0: and in it to not get over it to not process it to not don't deal understand. with it why
1: would she not process things she saved space crew she helped save bunker crew she should be at peace with these things and just waiting to be re- re- reunited with everybody there's nothing to really marinate over like she saved who she could and she made the decisions that she did but there was nothing like, "Oh, well, a decision I made cost all Bunker Crew to die. That sucks. We can't restart the human race with just me and space crew." And she's not <laughs> dwelling in that. I mean, there's, 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 there's the way they have they have visually represented the the break from the end of season four to the beginning of season five, where they they have this close up on her face and her eyes opening wide. And a smile coming across her face.
0: She didn't know how far down that she was. And it wasn't until her conversation with Echo, it wasn't until her conversation with Flexa, God, I love that. Thank you, Selena. There's just no, that, there's that no that indication she of this throughout the whole. Scene. She no and why would she have? Whatsoever. Why would she have? Like she
1: is. Then the, so why are, make, why are we having Why are we having to do the heavy lifting to understand this character, where she is emotionally and mentally? I, why are we doing this heavy lifting? Why aren't the writers doing this for us? I, I don't. That's feel I like it's know.
0: heavy lifting.
1: I, I don't. I, I it's it's a, not
0: a stretch for me. But but I would like to move back for just two seconds, um, back to Abby for just a hot minute. When she said "whatever <laughs> it takes," um, yes. and and and, and a about retcon. and about sending the hundred down, was that a retcon? So I, did.
2: you know what? Yeah, uh, so, no, well, weird, huh? so yeah, so I had I was also taken aback. But then, if you, it's actually interesting if you think back to the very first scene of. Like the pilot. I smoke
0: way too much pot to be able to just think back (laughs) to the very first scene of the fucking pilot. But but paint me a picture, Cece.
2: At first I was like, wait, is she like now reframing this, that she was willing to do that because it was to save her daughter? But then if, if you think back to her, Abby, the first scene in the pilot is the, we were born in space.
1: And fucking! <laughs> like, oh okay.
2: <laughs> you need to narrate this show. <laughs> we were born in space. Sexy. Well, it always, we used to joke, we used to joke around in our house because do you guys remember the alias? Um, A man I hardly know. My father. <laughs> so every time a show has like a dramatic intro, dramatic we, intro we have to narration, pause it. and so our old one was like, "We were born in," we, and we've now started stringing them together into a nonsense like, "I was born Shut in space to a man I hardly know." Like,
0: I would watch this pilot, by the way. I would we're totally watch you. this
1: pilot that, that you and Mister Chicken come up with.
2: So, for a long time, we would, like, pause dramatically and then, like, add the bullshit, like, alias, like, <laughs> intro to it. But anyway, um, in that scene, Abby... I I guess I had originally thought it was, like, a mom, like, pep talk. Hey, you're going on a rocket ship to maybe a nuclear planet, but it's not going to be so bad. But <laughs> <I> pack you a <laughs> lunch, sweetie. Bye. <laughs> but um, Eat your carrot sticks. There's snacks in the front pocket. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, <laughs> moms
0: always have snacks. I will say this about moms, except my mom never had snacks. But moms always have snacks in the purse. Snacks and, like, old tissues, like, yeah, wadded-up tissues.
2: Yeah, because – things are always coming out of children's bodies and kids are always like i'm hungry and they expect you to be both a simultaneous vending machine and garbage receptacle that's like our
0: i you know every time we really talk about it i just
2: oh i don't i i
0: i have a hard time understanding the rewards
2: oh it's awesome i'm just real
0: <laughs> i'm the best I'm garbage just- refrigerator
2: It's awesome when they're like, it's about the best part of the day was when you picked me up and I saw you like it's what people like for like, right. It's awesome. Have you guys ever
0: heard that thing that about um, there was one time like in your life that was like the last time your parents ever picked you up and neither of you knew it at the time?
1: Oh, oh, sorry. Sad air horn. Speaking of which, guys, 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 I've got an update. On on Twitter. Okay. Um, Amy, uh, friend of the pod. Friend of
2: the pod. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod
1: uh, says in response to saying, hey, uh, we're recording the pod now. It's going to be fun, salty air horns. She's like, don't promise me air horns and not deliver. Just saying. Oh, Amy. Amy, You are not ready. This is for you, Amy.
3: <laughs> We're delivered. Oh my
0: God. Back back to snacks, Cece. Back to snacks. I'm so sorry for, for that interlude. God damn it, Jen.
2: Okay. Bring it so, down. So, um, what I, she is, Abby is like, if you think back to that scene, she is hopeful and excited for Clark. To, she's like, you get to go to Earth. And, and the current status quo on the arc is that they're running out of air and everyone's going to die. So yeah. sending her child down with all of them, you know, while it was like, as we look back at how conflicted they were when in the flashbacks and join and join or die. Like I, at first I thought it was a little bit of retcon and then I kind of thought through it and I'm like, I, I think it's just, it, it, I don't think it actually was
1: it, it for Abby. So, it was it, the it was best, worst, weird.
2: it's the best, worst option. Right. Yeah. Your but daughter. It,
1: was, it was phrased weird. It, it seemed like, Oh, in order to save you, we decided to send 100 kids and down. You're like, rather than well... 100 oh, kids maybe, are being maybe sent down both. regardless. So I just punched yeah, your ticket. Kid, she, yeah, so she just punched her ticket. So, yeah, it, it was a little bit of a reframing. And again, I don't know if that was intentional or just the writers forgetting what they had written um, in the very first, you know, well, or
2: Well, or maybe that is... I mean, actually, maybe it's more interesting than that. Maybe that's... Abby articulating what got her over the hump to be able to make that decision.
1: She's like, what So maybe she's just, like, delusional? No. At this point? uh,
2: Back then, Abby was the one... Back when they
0: were so young and full of hope?
2: (laughs) Back... (laughs) Well, I mean... She clearly disagreed with Kane and Jaha in sending them down, because you remember in the flashback how pissed she is at Kane? Like, you got your extra air, and she's, like, so pissed. But maybe she was just articulating, like, the reason why I was able to do that and do that horrible thing is because I was motivated to save you. And the alternative was Clark staying in a prison on a dying arc with no air.
1: Yeah. And then Clark was going to be killed as soon as she turned 18.
2: I think you so, get well. So it's not going to be great I, either way. This is when I get mixed up on the books and the show. The the I th- uh, the books don't yeah the books don't matter. Throw them. Well, away. no, I'm no 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 no. What I'm trying in to say is I'm no no no. Yeah, meaning did I get oh this from God. the show or did
0: I get it from the books? In that, did I get it from some fic about a cave where people banged. <laughs> no, that's on Whoa. the show. You don't
2: need a fic for that. That's just on the show. Um, no, meaning Sex that you kid. got retried. You went to trial at 18. And then they were probably going to float you. I
1: feel like. Um, yeah, there was no way. they were. There was absolutely no way they were going to let Clark why, live because of what she knew. Why did they keep them locked up?
0: Like, uh, just real quick diversion. Like, so you go to trial at 18. So what, they keep you in jail for however many years that takes? Like, that just seems dumb. Yeah, like, you, you don't do.
2: well, contribute
0: d- to society during that time? Like, they know where you live. It's not like you can escape the Ark. Like, they will but find it- you. It's but not it like they need an ankle monitor and you're gonna like flee to Tijuana. Like they know where you live.
2: <laughs> but it wouldn't be a deterrent otherwise if you're like fuck it, I can do what I want until I'm eighteen. Cause right? I mean, maybe maybe there's a three I strikes guess, or something. Like it just, you'll die. I'm just saying, 18, like how you know, does the how
0: does the arc have a hundred at least like prison rooms? Like that seems like a lot.
1: Yeah, but it's humanity. I mean, we're People awful. Are shitty. I, A 100 a hun, a prison 100 prison cells is way not enough. Yeah, maybe they
2: turned Space Walmart into a holding <laughs> center.
1: <laughs> oh, this is terrible. Oh my god.
0: Um, let's move uh, uh, unless you guys have anything else for Toxic Mama Bears. Um, I'd like to I, would you guys rather cover the the Kleksa Echo of it all or or head back up to One Crew?
2: Can we, we take, take our like break? a can we take like a 1 minute break? I'm sorry. I just have to pee. (laughs) All right. I can be so, I can be so fast. No, no, I'll pee too.
0: It's fine. It's great. We'll, we'll we'll take a break. I guess everyone pees. One, two, three, go. Everybody (laughs) pees. I'm so smooth with, uh, you are smooth. Let me, let me add to it. God damn it.
2: What are we doing? What are we doing next?
0: So, I what think are we doing I think cuz we were already talking about the mom stuff, like let's continue with Clark and her downward spiral and let's actually do the Klexa, or not Kle Well, there's a bit of Klexa.
1: Let's see what it Where Clark is Clark and Echo? Oh, there it is.
0: Kleksa Clexic- Clark Clexa- and Echo and like a little bit of Space Crew with that, like we did get a raven moment.
1: Oh, yeah, that's that's the section where I just go nope, 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 nope. Yeah, that's that.
0: So, I guess Cece and I will be doing the heavy lifting. Um, Jen can just <laughs> no, say nope nope nope, 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 nope,
1: nope, 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 nope,
0: nope, 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 um, All right. So let's, so, you know, we, you got your, you got your uh, princess mechanic reunion. Um,
1: all two seconds of it. A little that awkward. A that was a, a literal kick in, in the balls. Wouldn't it be a literal. kick in the ovaries? Kick, just kick anywhere between Viget. the legs. It hurt. It hurts so much. I hey, was like, I, I, yeah, it's this li- is it? I pick, I pick you first. <laughs> <laughs> I pick like, you first. Five years later, oh. it's, it's, see you wouldn't want to be a. Um, you're an asshole. Double rods. It's goodbye. Just, okay, so but I, I think I, that that was again that is on purpose. But Joe,
2: I, oh. I can't do it, Joe. Joe, we can't do it. We okay, can't do it. We so need Joe. I Joe, to your theory. To your uh-huh. theory. Okay okay we- oh, wait, 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 wait 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 will you
0: please tp your fingers over your nose
2: i was why do you always know when i'm doing that uh. what are you what what is this
1: what is this so Joe, what is going on?
2: Joe always knows when I am so frustrated that I have put my hands over my nose and look, I'm yeah, like you <laughs> can you can hear it
0: like you can hear it like she like, like teepees her fingers over the bridge of her nose and like it makes a little bit of an echo I'm sound so like that right
1: now yeah exactly.
0: <laughs> Because so so I have in person been on the receiving end of this, and so like <laughs> person, I recognize, you're like what is that? What are you doing right now to your face? Where you're just like you, it's it's your it's your like I'm gonna I'm gonna Zen, I'm gonna breathe, and then I'm gonna explain to you why you're wrong. And so, Cece, did did you ever do that in court?
2: Oh man, no! <laughs>
1: like, no. <laughs> Could you imagine? No, the judge would just be like, "What? Ed? What are you doing?" Stone cold. I'm about
2: to, to sock it to you, Judge. No, it is, Your Honor. I'm so glad you asked that question. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Internal finger teepee. Great question, Your Honor.
1: <laughs> is it, it's you Sorry, I, really... I just realized.
0: Is is finger is me saying that offensive? Should I say pyramid? Because the like ancient Egyptians can't get mad at me, like. We, is that an okay thing Oh, did say? you
1: say teepee? Yeah, can I say that? Is that God, a shape? why are you so racist? Is that a, can I say, it, but it's a shape, right? Well, it's not our fault that that Cece is culturally appropriating the teepee. Okay, so it's Cece's to, fault. In order to do this, I'm so upset at you right now, Cece, for being a racist. Pyramids of a Giza. Yeah. <laughs> I am making a finger triangle over my nose. <laughs>
0: Sorry, we just derailed your whole fucking thing. I have
1: no idea what I was going to say. No idea.
0: <laughs> um, It had to do with, to my theory, dot, dot, dot.
2: What? Uh, Which part? Uh, Raven, oh, Clark. Oh, okay. Okay, okay, so. Okay. Princess Mechanic. Okay, so here's the thing. Uh-huh. The show made choices as to which reunions they were going to, like, hype and make dramatic and really pull on our emotions, right? So we had the Blake siblings, we had Blark, we had... What were the other big reunions? I guess Abby and Clark. Yeah, but that one—that really awkward. awkward. That one got kind of short shrift.
0: Like, well, because yeah. there so, were two of them. There was like, hey, this is an awkward reunion. Abby's trying to hide her pills. Oh,
2: Abby's ODing. Which
0: yeah, which I reunion mean, do you want? Right. Work?
2: I mean, they didn't get. I mean, they didn't get like a, a dramatic <laughs> running slow motion is hugging. That,
1: but is that it, guys? Is that like is that it as far as our reunions are concerned? Well, you or had like, no. You had yeah. you had the
2: unbelievably great which might have been foreshadowing for the whole season, awkward wave between Monty and Octavia. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best
0: reunion, if we're being perfectly honest.
1: Hey. That, that just cut, that is like, that's like the promo of the whole season. Well, no no, 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 no. waving
2: from great distance. No, no, no. So I, the one that I did see was the screen capture of, of Bellamy saying to Miller, so much for the hundred. And it was like, <laughs> is this supposed to be super meta? Season five. So much for the hundred. No, but so and anyway, so
0: parched with all this salt.
2: Uh, even Abby- my electrolyte count. Fantastic. <laughs> but even, even Abby and Clark got a scene, right? Mm-hmm. So you yeah. have you have a relationship that has gone back to was it like episode six that Raven landed on the ground? Again, five? I have no short-term memory. It's Twilight's uh, yeah. gleaming. Oh, right, it was four, right? Five or four? She lit la- five. She um, lands on the ground. Right, it's episode five. She lands on the ground, and they're trying to stop them from doing from doing the calling
1: from the calling. So
2: you have a relationship between two characters that are beloved mm-hmm. by the audience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, and. I, I think maybe it exists more in legend and fandom than <laughs> they do actually on the show. They love each other There's, so much. And then, like, as, like Bubs, as Bubs has pointed out, they have begun the last two seasons with a radio call with one thanking the other for saving their life. And then, like, then we move on. <laughs> So it's like check the box. Every season begins with Clark and Raven discussing. Thank you for saving my life, or no this this season it was your life, but always by phone and not face to face. And so you have like I don't understand. Th- like Joe, I yep. absolutely get. I I feel like I need to make. I, I have <laughs> no. no <one> <laughs> Oh oh no, I did it again. I did it again. I have zero. Now you hear
0: it, though, right? Oh yes. uh, no.
2: I, ha- I oh now I have to put my hands on my lap and I can't because I can't talk without my hands. Um, I have zero. I, I just want to be clear. Like I have zero issues with people doing shitty things or conflict or people not getting along. Like, give it to me. Like that's what yeah. I wanted this whole season to be: is people being like, "Who the fuck are you and why are you doing this?" What I have a problem with is. How have Clark and Raven, if they're going to finally come across each other's paths, and we're going to wait until the penultimate episode of this season, it better be more than two fucking throwaway lines, and, and one is betraying the other, and then it's out of sight, out of mind. Like, but the, exactly what? And I'm not right saying I I liked I liked the Clark and Echo conversation. We will talk about it in a minute. I don't even mind the Clark and Flame conversation. I just want Clark to also talk to other people who she's affecting and are fucking pissed at her. And that the audience has a history and a relationship with. I don't mean that I want them... If Raven's like, Clark, what the fuck? Why are you betraying us? And Clark's like, I can't talk to you right now. And Raven, this isn't about you. And they leave and Raven's pissed. That's fine. I don't need a resolution. I just need a recognition that they had a relationship and that it affects each of them but
0: i think that it's that supposed to be that jarring it's supp- you're supposed to want that and wonder what the fuck is happening because we're about to see clark hit like her rock bottom like i i, I again i don't think i, I don't, don't think, have issue with it i don't
1: think what cc is suggesting just adding a little bit more no, meat
0: I'm, to it, is going I'm not to saying it would be harmful. make it less effective i'm just saying like i don't need it I don't need it for this story that I, do. I have accepted. I, I need I it. It's okay. Joe, like, that's you're okay. fired.
1: You're fired from your own podcast. <laughs> I need more Princess. Oh, thank God. I need more Raven this season. What the that fuck isn't with Ravens around Shaw, who I have zero investment in. I don't even know what his deal is. Like like well, oh, it's popular, fi- so like with it's that. it's fine. It's fine. Like Shaw is mm-hmm. like seems like
2: a good guy and you had Raven Reyes Nookie Watch, and I'm glad that like she's like, I don't have any objection to like other than it was super fast. But like, I like just real want. Fast. But Raven Reyes, like, I mean, I I had uh, Raven Reyes should have more to do than just flirt.
1: Yeah, yeah, so that, I that's mean, an issue. But we'll cover that in our kitchen sink segment. Okay. Is so is Raven is Raven just like an urban legend at this point? Raven's like- bangs are. Oh my! Oh, don't! Oh, did you guys? So oh, what, what are things? Co- what so things? Un-
0: unrelated. Unrelated. When when Raven was um, like doing Maddie's collar, and she like told Shaw to like put up the light, like get the light on her a little bit better. Did you guys like? And maybe it was just me, but Jed, I know how you f- you probably like the Fifth Element. Do you guys remember Aziz Light in the Fifth Element where? The dude was, like, trying to, like, uncover the hieroglyphs, and, like, there was a kid trying to shine light on it, and all he kept saying was, Aziz Light. Do you guys
1: remember that? No? No. Man. There goes my never seen reference. It. How have you never seen The Fifth Wait, Element? Wait, how have you never seen The Fifth Element?
2: I know. You know why. Um, When did that come out? 97, I think. Yeah.
0: So, I... Were you doing important things like saving the world? Hey, 97.
2: Good job, me no yeah wow 90s movie reference no i so one of the things it's it's a good movie on a podcast that we are being the most critical that i've ever been this is the first time in my life that i've ever had female friends that like enjoy those types of movies and enjoy these types of shows and Mm. so in college in college my husband would go would go with his guy friends to go see the fifth element and i would not go and then I had no girlfriends that would go with me and then they just kind of like slip by the wayside and I keep finding this gap and it's like the 1995 to, nine, or well all the way through law school where I was in school and I had no women who would go to, with me. And, and did you not and have I sh- dude friends? Well but the dude friends would go with each other and like I But then uh, they if, weren't your friends Well I mean looking back I it's something I'm grateful for, like, which, let's just bring something positive and nice into the podcast. I'm, <laughs> I'm really grateful. I'm, I'm taking
0: a note of what time this happened, just so we can, you know, no. have I'm on really, record.
2: I'm really grateful that I finally found a group of women that love dragons and spaceships and time <laughs> travel and the post-apocalypse as much as I do. I really, because so, I was always on my own.
1: Uh, yeah. That, Did this get sweet?
0: What the fuck happened? I feel uncomfortable. My pits are sweating. I, Is this a emotional plot,
1: plot twist? I guess I, I guess I don't feel so weird about like growing up and having guy friends coming out of college when I moved down to Houston and just be like, okay, I don't play I wanna play Magic the Gathering, so I'm just gonna go to a game store or a comic book store and not realizing how weird it was at the time for Random old girl to wander into a game store, and then I have had these same friends now down here for like twenty years. So we went to go see Matrix, Fifth Element, all those things. So I'm, I'm like, like the first Matrix movie was <clears throat> fucking awesome. Yeah, we saw, I think we saw the first Matrix like five times. Oh yeah, a in year. the theater because it was oh, unbelievable. Yeah. We were all like, this is the best thing ever. I, I don't I
2: don't I did not meet fellow geeks until I was practicing law. And all, and all lawyers are just trying to escape from their reality. <laughs> so that means watching a lot of science fiction and I think I think this television. is
1: actually a really, really good conversation to have in another podcast. In general, <laughs> about women and the relationship with, oh, I with thought, genre stuff. Oh,
2: I thought you meant like Tina, like, or... Ooh, oh, edit. wrap it up Tina? Yeah, no. Uh, no, no, no. No, no, <laughs> no, no. No,
1: I'm talking about genre stuff, our relationship to it as women, and how we kind of came out Um kind of as a group of women because and like we're and all I'm, like old not yeah. to whatever like we're well, all I, uh, so i'm in the i'm in the middle of writing a, a blog piece it's been in the works for like a year and a half about what it's been like to be a 46 year old woman who grew up playing with star wars toys and mm-hmm. collecting comic books mm-hmm. and having to have been in the closet for about 20 years and what it means now even with Even with toxic men gatekeeping, um, like with Gamergate and Comicgate, um, what it means now as a woman to be able to kind of revel in this shit Mm -hmm. and being able to go see shit like Wonder Woman on the big screen and you're just like, fuck, it's awesome to be alive and I can like talk about my comic books and nobody thinks it's weird anymore. I think like that would be a fun combo for us all to have. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I, it would probably have to be multi-part because I think it would be good to have you know a lot of people that we you know smart folks that we talk to.
2: Um, but yeah, no, not I think only that not be... only that, and this is well, Joe would be like, you're not allowed to talk about this on this podcast. Oh, I'm excited. What's forbidden? Oh, what? what I? Well, no, this, Go is, on. this is gonna be the most disappointing <laughs> topic that you've always forbidden. Are like, ever. <gasps> um, no, can't it, wait. I am able to bond with my kids and other kids because I'm a geek about all of this stuff.
0: Well, and Bob's way, bonds
2: with your kids. Oh, my God. I mean, they. she's like their comic book fairy. She comes down. She goes from, like, the comic book day in New York. She brings 40 comic books from them. And she's like the comic book fairy. But, like, they – it's like it doesn't matter what it is. I just have always been, like, obsessive about stories. And so it's like it doesn't matter if it's, like – in 18th century literature or it's like a comic book hero. I just like have always had a personality where I'm like get like I just like love it and I'm and it's like just fun watching my kids also be like that but I never had parents that were like that. So uh, it's just something to like bond through like I, we had the most hilarious conversation I think I don't think you guys were on slack about they were like what is something that you really 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 loved as a kid? And I was I, that we don't know. Because, like, they know Star Wars and all that. And I was like, I really loved He-Man and She-Ra. Like a lot like came home every day after school watched them play with the toys all of it and they were like well, what is that and so like tried to like oh. explain it and then show them the videos of like <laughs> the she-ra origin story like movie because you know it like kind of came up at comic-con that there's going to be a new she-ra
1: yeah there's a new she and boy are the man babies pissed oh about my gosh her you, you guys were, you guys were not on slack did you
2: did i tell you my kids reaction to that photo um so I showed them the original He-Man and Shira, and there's a hilarious video that is like an incest shippers dream. <laughs> where I went back and watched this video, and I was like, "Oh my god, there was a total fucking incest vibe with the two of them." It's like she wakes up in bed, he's like dreaming about her. They like find each other. They like ride a horse together. She's like in her nightgown. I'm like, "What the fuck?" This <laughs> I said it to Bubs, and I was like, "Can you? This is incesty, right? This isn't just like the because Bubs is Bubs can sniff out a pervert. Look, Bubs is like,
1: if you need, if you need, if you need <laughs> a, a third party Sprut, view. It, like, yeah, like Bubs is like, I don't know, PhD in this shit. <laughs> Bubs was like, the entire PhD video is
2: a, is a, is basically like." she's reaching like at the end after they ride the pegasus up into the air the magical creature spins around in circles like they achieved orgasm It's like, <laughs> so fucked up it like totally oh I'm God. like this is He-Man and Shira. like what I'm like and they're twins bonus like so
0: on that note maybe we'll wrap it back to uh the oh, hundred the hundred Oh, that's what we're talking about. Apparently, All I right, don't know. Let me get my salt levels back up. Yep, yep. Get 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 balanced. Um, this this is basically an Epsom salt bath. Salt. I'm gonna leave this convo, this this podcast, and just my joints are gonna feel delightful. Um. Okay, so r- we talked about Raven. Um. Let's let's I guess talk about the the sort of actual conversation, the Echo and the Lexa. Um, I like and the, the Echo
1: conversation with with Clark. Me too.
0: How 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 were your guys' balarker reads on this? Like Jen, you are not a Balarker and I'm not CC, a Balarker.
1: to me it's like it's fairly odd like this conversation made it really clear to me that Clark doesn't have romantic feelings for him in any sort of way, shape, or form that she's expressing at all. Because she's like, You're good for him and he's good for you. And that was like <laughs> done with that. I'm like, I, I wait, don't wait. know like I, you can't have a love triangle. If somebody is one person isn't playing, yeah, it just it just seemed weird to me because at the beginning of the season and the way that that um, characters have referenced their relationship to one another, Clark and Bellamy's relationship to one another, it comes across as weird because I thought okay, they're obviously telegraphing Bellark is going to happen, and then they kept running out of runway to make it happen, and then this conversation was so. weirdly desexualized and deromanticized in any sort of way. I didn't get, like, a weird vibe out of it at all. And I kind of appreciated that I didn't. But then I'm like, if they're trying to move from – from Becco to Belarque, it's not happening. And, th- and then at the end of the episode, it, it seemed completely never going to happen this season. And it can't happen this season. If it does happen this season, that's I'm kicking weird. my TV out of my window because there's no way you dump somebody in a hot minute and get with somebody who betrayed you and didn't even Wait, care are, that you were dead. Are you going to shout "This is Sparta" though when you click kick your TV out? Like, is it going to be that style? I'm going to shout "This is Sparta" and then I will like uh, gl- like. Gl- graze my foot off the TV and then probably stretch something and tear a tendon because that's <laughs> that's where I'm at in my life right now like nothing I do is you need, to, you need like impactful. a 20 minute stretch
2: routine and, I'll and be nobody like, got oh, just a second
1: just a second I know the episode so is we're over
2: so that's so that's a very so that's
0: what's your that Balark tron take
2: well uh, it's at two levels I think that the show has both on the on one level
0: do you feel baited? Not? Do you know what it's like to be me?
2: I I, I felt baited for five seasons. But <laughs> I don't know what it's like to be you. But well, I'm still
1: alive though and, and didn't and didn't buy into a horrible trope. So there's that. Oh, the salt gen. Okay. Oh wait just a second. So there's two okay. There's two there's
2: two levels to uh-huh. so Well, now that made me lose my train of thought. Um, (laughs) So there's two levels to that conversation. So I understand what Jen's saying. I would say that the Balark, if I presume to represent it, take on the conversation was that. Number one, their their point... It's like the show doesn't want to do a love triangle, but at the same time they do. Like, it's weird... Uh That Clark and Echo were in a physical fight, and Echo's like she left Bellamy to die. Now, none of that has to do with like I'm your girlfriend and you right. It's like a it's a legitimate fundamental conflict between two characters. It's just accidentally hilarious that they have them getting into a
1: physical altercation in the episode. And will actually have, for that, and that was just to to, to stop Clark from shooting them from. And taking Maddie, that it it definitely had nothing
2: to do with. No, it doesn't. But there's a very meta, yeah, the audience watching it that you're like, wait, so you didn't want to do love triangle, triangle, and you insisted that it wasn't a live love triangle. But then you had the two people that everyone in the audience, like a lot of people in the audience, are like are pitting against each other, actually getting a physical fight. But you made it about something else, and that's kind of cheeky, like. That was interesting. But then you have the two of them talking to each other. I like the conversation. I've seen some really interesting points. Number one, that Echo went from being in a position of total disadvantage. She's tied up. Mm -hmm. She's about to be executed um, the minute that she stops talking, right? So what does she do? She pokes at what she knows is Clark's vulnerability. Because she's a spy. Because this is what Echo does. Like, these are her skills. And so she is able to turn around that entire situation by getting to Clark through her whatever she feels for Bellamy. It could just be that they're friends or whatever it is. It is curious that it is his current girlfriend doing it, right? But she gets to her by flipping it around um, you left Bellamy oh but by the way he's alive that's when the whole scene starts to change she says mm-hmm. he's alive she makes eye contact with Maddie Maddie looks at her it, that's it's and when Clark says go save him it's mm-hmm. not them it's not their friends like it's a really interesting and adult complicated way all of and the she comp- trusts Echo
0: with her kid she has never trusted anyone, really. Like apart from saying right. Bellamy protect her,
2: it's, and then. It, so, in 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 other words, what I'm trying to say is, I think that they maybe one of the things that they actually were able to execute in this episode is that I never felt more secure that they were tr- getting at Bellark actually happening. And yet felt like they didn't pit two women against each other. Which is a very hard thing to pull off. So like, I'm not saying I'm like, this build up this season has me excited. It curiously has never been more plain on the page and yet I'm not excited. And so I Mm -hmm. don't know what to do with that. But a scene where Echo turns around the conversation and what emotionally breaks Clark to change her course, is pointing out that Bellamy's still alive and then making eye contact with Maddie and then Maddie having a conversation with Clark through the flame and through Lexa saying, don't make the same mistake I made because I loved you and I betrayed you. And then uh-huh. she tells Echo, go save him. Like, it's Belarque as fuck. <laughs> like,
1: so, right? I mean, Even Lexa ships Belarque. I mean... Well, she knows um, I
0: maintained it would have been a good OT three, but you know we never got that. Right
1: Let now. me ask you guys a question: when, Are you are you wrangling now? Well, uh, f- fuck if I have to. <laughs> it's um, po- it's post time jump. Post time well, jump. <laughs> I want. I want to. I want to ask you guys while we're talking about um, this whole thing. Do you guys think that when Echo refers to Mattie as Hedda, mm-hmm. that that That's the moment that Clark can go back to and realize that using that title, Echo using that title with Maddie means that Echo views Maddie as her commander and is loyal to her. Is that why she trusts Echo so much with Maddie? Or does she trust um, Echo because she's with Bellamy and she trusts Bellamy? with Maddie, I mean I I am trying to figure out why the switch happens so quickly that Clark is willing to trust Echo with the most precious thing in her life right now that she's, you know, that they've deconstructed her character over. I I just I'm I'm trying to get a read on that I think and not that want that you guys opinions. I, I think, think for go ahead, Cece. Oh no,
2: no, no, Joe, you know, you got. Uh,
0: um so I think I think it's both for what you're saying. Like I think that you know, if we we look, you know, if we look at Bellamy and Echo as, you know, a couple, you know, then obviously she trusts Bellamy. Like, so yes, she is going to trust Echo. And then the head of thing definitely helped. And then I also think that a lot of it had to do with being in the room during this moment of breakthrough for Clark and like, the way the sort of calmness that Echo exuded like during their conversation, though I really did love the meta, the other meta call out of uh Clark being like, Oh, you just just following orders then, um, because mm-hmm. that was something that we all complained about, or I didn't complain about, but you know, mm-hmm. people p- dislikers of Echo complained about, so I like that meta line. But I, as far as your question goes, Jen, I think mm-hmm. it was a combination of those two things, and then also you know, being in the room and being this sort of stable person, unconnected in a lot of ways to Clark's situation and mm-hmm. sort of being this um, almost a neutral party, even though that's kind of silly to say because she is with with Bellamy and she was super pissed at Clark for trying, for betraying and putting Bellamy's life on the line. But at the same time, in terms of just Clark, she is this sort of smart, neutral party. And I think that like finally Clark saw, okay, I need to be able to start relying on people if this is going to happen. If and their this interests, is going to
2: work, and their interests are aligned, mm-hmm. uh-huh. right? I think, and plus, Echo's a
0: badass fighter. Like that's a pretty safe place to put Maddie.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, there is a very. It's really interesting, and maybe we should give them. I, I mean, I thought the writing. Between that that scene between Echo Knock and Clark was great. Mm-hmm. Like the how's your head? How's your head? Like right? like Echo <laughs> it Sass was, was like. Snark, snark, yeah. I love Echo Do you Sass. guys
0: remember the stills that got released? And it looked like yes. they were both crying, uh-huh. but it kind of just turns out that they were like hurt and a little right. like c- and confused. You
2: know, if you want to know, I'm like, angry. there's it, it's really interesting that they took a conversation between. Two characters that if you were cheering for Bellamy and Clark to get together, like I didn't know what to expect from that conversation, but it, I found it really, I get the criticism of we'd like. Clark to talk to people that she has more of a history with I think there's an interesting thing that happens with somebody that you don't have a relationship with it can right like when out. strangers tell you their fucking life right, story but, in but the bathroom it, and you're like what the fuck I don't think and I don't think that they're mutually exclusive like you could have had you could have cut some of the Vincent chomping Kane's neck and had Clark have a more substantive conversation with Raven and oh, Abby and Kane. not I have
0: so much to say about <sighs> and her.
2: not lose the conversation that she had with Echo because they I found it riveting and they're uh-huh. both really good actresses and it was really well written but it i i will say that like i don't know how they took a scene and made it with clark and echo and clark talking to the flame and i walked away from that scene as a bellamy and clark fan saying i think that bellamy was one of the reasons why she ended up getting on at least as a viewer, like the right course back to her friends again. And I was happy with it. Um, Uh, um, I wish it had been done. And that's put, I'm, 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 if you were asking for the Bullark read as a Bullark fan, I was like, okay, I see uh what you're doing.
1: Yeah. I suppose like, I, I guess I, I don't know. I think it's hard to like read any sort of romantic thing there in, in any of that discussion. Um, the the thing that I, I want to pose, the thought that I want to put out there is that, do you think maybe Echo understands and knows Clark and her relationship with Bellamy better than anyone else on that show, other than Clark and Bellamy, um, and maybe Maddie, um, because I'm thinking, uh, and we never get to see this because the show fucks us over, um, <laughs> Six years in space, you'd think that Bellamy would have had a conversation with Echo, or more. Or than Echo one. would have been like, "So you're staring out that window again, huh?" Yeah. Like, what you looking at? <laughs> well, I would think that it's their yeah. date night. Their date night
0: is that they go and stare at, at right. And a,
2: di- and a different show would have had her say, "How like how you betraying the person?" And, and maybe some. And you know, I would like to see some of that. But like, did you really leave the person behind to die? That. It, it took him years to get... Like, he never got over it. And he, like, yeah. tried to live in your memory. We don't get those... Man, like, we don't... or We haven't yet gotten that, like, payoff of... The, even the glimpses that we saw when Bellamy and Raven were talking to each other. Like, Bellamy was still crying about leaving Clark when they were on the Allegiant ship, and that's six years later. So, like, we just it's it's frustrating at this point that, like, they don't know that. Even, even if yeah. they were just... Even if you don't ship it, but even if they're just friends, it's frustrating that they're this fucked up in terms of their now relationship with each other, friendship with each other, and they don't know that they were the one that kept the other going.
1: And I, I would have to imagine that Echo feels some of that as well and sees some of that and understands what the two meant to each other, even if she doesn't ship a lark. I mean... <laughs> I mean, it just, the whole conversation. Echoes a platonic ballark shipper. I mean, yeah, I mean, but the conversation between the two, I, I just, I felt no weird sexual no. resentment between the two. And it was really refreshing Which very I like. Well, but, in that ha- but
2: by the way, half of that conversation is based on the fact that Clark thinks Bellamy's dead. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't turn, that conversation doesn't shift. I mean, right, the whole premise of the conversation is, I'm trying to save your life because you were important to somebody that was important to me. And then the whole thing shifts and starts getting emotional when Clark realizes, wait a second, he's not dead, so there's still something I can do about it.
1: Yeah, if only Bellamy was important to Clark before Echo was important to Clark. So weird. Or Echo (laughs) is important to Bellamy? (laughs) No, I'm saying, like, why is Echo suddenly important to Clark because Bellamy cared about Echo. Like, nobody is important to Clark except for Maddie at this point. Well,
2: so odd. Yeah, like, right, she left the person, well, oh God, that makes my brain hurt. She left the person who's important to her behind to die, but now she's trying to save the person who is important to the person.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You and your rock bottoms. Rock bottoms. You're not, you are not getting on, you are not moving off of this. I know. I have my theory. theory. Joe, so when you were, okay,
2: so let, Okay. Did you have anything... So that's the Echo-Clark conversation. Did yeah. you have anything to add to it? Otherwise, I really want to hear your take on the uh, Clark-Maddie-Flexa. Flexa. The
0: Flexa of it all? Dope, yeah. Nope, 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 nope
2: at <laughs> um, Like,
0: I'm torn. Like, on the one hand, like, I totally get what they were trying to do, and I think that under my thesis, having... <laughs> dick. Having, um, you know, basically a non-entity, despite what Maddie's, you know, insistence that they're real are, you know, but if we are just like, okay, this is, you know, something that Maddie is communicating with from beyond the grave. Um, so
3: odd. Those
0: and Echo, of all people, to be the one to sort of car- call Clark on her shit because there is no one left, I thought it was great. Um, a little, you know, it, it. it's a little weird in terms of how much they sort of... Merged Maddie and Lexa together. I have a lot of questions about the a flame. Little weird. Uh, yeah, I, I have a lot of questions about the flame <laughs> oh itself. God. Like, why the fuck wouldn't Clark have been in the flame as well? Like, I feel like we need they for as technical as the flame is, they uh-huh. have not done a good job. I uh, think Clark we is to, in the
2: Flame. We need a tutorial. Right? Um, like, where's my where's book. my
0: quick start guide with, like, the Ikea guy, like, and him, like, making a sad face when you drop everything on a hard surface. Um, <laughs> so I, I I wanted more of that. Um, and then my only other issue was, like, the com- the comparison of familial to romantic love. Oh, God. As, as no. a Klexa shipper, hearing, hearing Clark say, I loved her so much, like, that was great. That was important. But I love
1: you more. So much more. Where I'm just like, so oh. much more. 3.7. seven. Um, that was so. That, that was, was that was a little wrong. weird. But that was
2: wrong. Uh, and it's, then, it's a weird and and it wasn't. The, the I don't scene want to itself, interrupt, but I want to come back to that.
0: Okay. It wasn't. It wasn't weird for me in terms of like I didn't have any sort of PTSD about them bringing Lexa back up again. But like we had some listener, um, like uh, you know, friend of the pod, friend of the pod, friend I of the pod. friend of the pod. I won't personally call her out, but like she actually came and like messaged me in my DMs, you know, just mm-hmm. to like ask how I thought about that because like. It fucked some people up because Mm -hmm. it was reopening a really, really painful wound. To have so much Lexa stuff brought up, so much of it as, um, and as she's still alive, but she's not.
1: Yeah, that is the biggest part. That is the biggest one of the biggest. It didn't hurt me,
0: but I can understand how it was painful for Mm -hmm. others
2: because then it makes you feel like there's some version God. of alexa that's watching
1: all of this it's yes and they're painting themselves into a corner with this whole thing that i feel they're going to fuck it up so bad that they're going to just kill people all over again
2: i mean well joe did you have other things to say no no that was it go ahead you had, so, you had i mean there were parts so we i went through like such a roller coaster of emotion
0: hey just what jason said this episode was Okay, one. Well, ha- no, he said it was the top. The, the top of the roller coaster. I maintained that it was the bottom, but you know
2: what that, else? Well, so we. Uh, I maintain
1: that I got thrown off the roller coaster. <laughs> I am suing. This is the worst game of roller coaster Tycoon.
0: So,
2: yeah. so this is how that this is how that Rickety scene thing. went. This is how that scene went down in my house. So, okay. it they start talking, and she, Clark says the "love is weakness" line, and then. Uh, Maddie says all commanders but one and we paused it and we were like, oh, are you no you're not no like we're not <laughs> are you fucking kidding me no, you're not gonna do that like just like disbelief and like discomfort like oh my god, we're gonna fucking do this and that and and like that when it got to the actual point, which was a really <sighs> Poignant, and I'm. Um, there may be some balarkers who would be super pissed at me for saying this, but like I thought, a very poignant, and like full of regret and adult message. Mm-hmm. Not only in like t- taking the lesson that Clark had taught Lexa and turning it back to remind Clark, um, but also just like. I'm sure this is a controversial controversial part of it, but like the idea that like you lose, I mean, that's everyone's anyone I have ever known who has lost someone that they loved. And then if they've ever moved on, one of the things that they think about is like, what, what would that person that I lost have wanted for me? And it's very adult and mature and elegant Mm -hmm. to think that that person that loved you, but isn't there anymore would still want you to be happy and not, and want you to, move on with your life, but that's also very tricky considering like how fans feel about it. So it was, it was risky, but I I, I thought it was brave and mature. And like, on the one hand I was like, I can't believe that they're going there. But on the other hand, I like, I loved the message. The message was great. The
1: message was great. The, the way that came about though was it's so problematic to me. Completely problematic. It's To me, it's baiting. To me, it's trying to make up and put a band-aid on what happened at 307. And I'm projecting into the future, and I'm seeing horrible things happening to that, that flame, horrible things happening to Maddie, that kills Lexa all over again in the eyes of the fans and completely undoes whatever goodwill that they were trying to do with this. Um, like you thought it was a goodbye? Uh, no, I here's the, here's the problem I have with with this whole thing. To me, the flame putting the flame into Maddie's head was completely unnecessary this season. There's a lot of the fear of the flame conflict that could have come about that would have made a much more compelling story. What the flame has done is basically isolated Clark and Maddie, and pitted Clark against every single person in this show. Um she's pitted against one crew because uh, Octavia wants to kill Maddie. She's pitted against Bellamy, who um, coerced Maddie into taking the chip. She's pitted against, um, who else is she pitted against? but um, she's pitted against Maddie herself, who wants the chip still in her head, and we've seen the 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 lengths that she'll go to. I'm like, if you had the if you had both Clark and Maddie, afraid of the flame and together in that conviction that they didn't want the flame in her head and for very good reason and fled because of it, we could have built up a bond that we haven't been able to see really in action between Clark and Maddie because they've been separated a lot. They don't share a lot of scenes together at times. Um, And unfortunately, you know you can't you can't really understand what the relationship was is so they could have had those two um, working together and and trying to get away from the flame and never put that thing in, in Maddie's head so you avoid this weird squickiness of having Clark's dead ex lover in her daughter's head which just I I they're trying to navigate this so carefully and. I will I will dive into some of these conversations and be there in the moment, and then as soon as the moment's over, I'm like, "Oh shit!" She was just talking to her ex lover, who's talking through her daughter in the first person. I mean, so here's the, here's the thing. Wait <laughs> that wait I wait think...
2: wait but wait. Well, ta- I mean, uh, Maddie's like. No, go ahead. I was saying Maddie's translating, right? No, so but, but she time said, "I, I see, see every.
1: I see you. I left you on that mountain. I'm like, no. Oh no, don't she did. Do this. Wait, she, yeah.
2: It switched to. Fr- no, I thought she said every night I see you on that mountain, meaning that Lex is showing her that scene.
1: No, she said. She said, um, "I left you there, or something to the effect. Yeah, and, and then I, I like, walk away. This, this is yeah. I walk away exactly." Uh, and it, so here's oh, the thing I with... I didn't catch that. Mm. Here's the thing I think would have been okay. So I think it would have been okay to talk about Lexa as somebody who existed in the world and is and is now in the past. They could easily have talked about Clark's relationship to Lexa. And, and you know, I, I know that not a lot of people in the show know about that relationship, but it's not like the show hasn't retcon shit before and couldn't have somebody had this conversation with Clark, who was not Maddie, but talked about Lexa as somebody in the world, but is no longer part of the world. Instead, what we have is we're talking about Lexa as if she still exists in some form, and is now in Maddie's head, and it's so problematic, and I don't know how they they navigate their way out of this thing, and I, I'm just like, why are you guys doing this? Why are you making Lexa present in this moment, and bringing up Um, what I think is a very painful thing for a lot of people, where are you going to take this that doesn't end up in Lexa dying a a digital death? I mean, I I don't see this flame. I I think that the fact that the passcode has now been changed is very relevant to what could happen to Maddie in the future. If she dies, there's no getting that flame out of her head. Lexa basically dies with her. Like so, what are they trying to do? I mean, everything about this is so what? problematic. And the one thing we were talking about in Slack today, um, Bubs had this line, and I'm like, "You're so dead on." She said, "The most meaningful conversation Clark has all season cannot wi- cannot be with a dead person through her adopted daughter." I- I'm like, "Dude, Bubs, that's it. That that is so right. She cannot have this conversation." With her dead lover through her adopted daughter, it needs to be with someone else. And I was thinking about who could it have been with? Like, maybe Raven. But you guys, think about if, like, Murphy had a version of this conversation that brings Clark back to herself. Right, it would have been a mirror
2: of last season,
1: right? How would it have resonated, though, to have Murphy, of all people, say... Clark, get your head out of your ass. This isn't who you are. You can't betray your friends and family like this. Like It would have been great people. for his
2: it would have been great for his arc too.
1: It would have been great for his arc. We would have been like cheering this conversation on. We would have been like uh, him of all people to be pulling Clark back. Um it would have brought so many things full circle with me between these two and and you know, I just uh so disappointed I, in the way they've used the flame. It just Utterly problematic.
2: I guess my two... So, I don't disagree with anything that you just said. (laughs) Honestly. (laughs) I would... However, I did... I I was really conflicted during that scene. It was really... um, And that's why I was like... I want to go back, if if Joe's comfortable with how she felt about it. I, I thought it was both problematic... As the mm-hmm. kids say, for all of the reasons that you said, but also poignant and and beautiful. And that's so, the
1: problem, CC. I like. I really did. Like, I really, in the moment, it's a I kind of loved this scene. In, in the, the moment, moment, in the
2: moment, I was
1: choked I was up, and I was me too. And I
2: was thinking of that scene in front of Mount Weather, and and thinking about like, you know, like remember we, when the show was good? No, <laughs> that's not odd. <laughs> It's not what i but okay fine but i so <laughs> <laughs> you bitch i'm drinking tea so i i i was really so is it worth like it made us it made a, a, a jesus we talked a lot about it And Uh it made people feel a lot of things and it was provocative and it elicited a lot of emotion and it tied back a lot of history. So as an artist, is that just sort of like, do you just go for it and do that? And so then people have the reactions that they have. I mean, the intent, the intent to honor the character is, is in, in my opinion, Uh,
1: very clear. Yeah, it's very noble. It's a noble intent. And I guess
2: I am in part premising this. Now, if we go into the finale and Maddie gets killed and the flame is done, then I'll be like, wow, that was, I guess that was a goodbye, but ouch. Maybe it would have been better to have left it alone. But I guess I'm hinging my lack of skepticism on thinking that the flame is going to be the key to like, you've had McCreary just three. Yes. McCreary say Legis three had a plan for survival and uh-huh. Raven made clear that she couldn't hack mm-hmm. the yeah. encryption. And so my, my, what I'm holding on to is like, they brought the flame back. They're bringing the flame back for a different purpose, which is tech and the tie to how they're going to get them to wherever else they're going. But you uh-huh. can't do that unless you acknowledge the emotional, I think, Right, we've done, done that the- with
1: never putting it in somebody's head. It could have gone into a sh- into a I ship mean, or something. I, I, like I that. mean, the
2: one thing so I, the one thing I'm laughing at right now is that we've spent most of this podcast saying you need to make plot have emotional resonance. The one thing that the back half of this season has done probably the best is have the flame coming back into play have emotional resonance for Clark, right? I mean, yeah, and and yeah, I but still, it's
1: too it's too late.
0: And I can it's too see weird. I can see like there being a moment of reconciliation between Clark and Maddie where Maddie gets the flame out of herself because she knows the passwords, gives it to Clark, and it like goes into Clark, and maybe she doesn't have a way to get it out, or maybe I guess she can change the password or mentally or something spe- like that, or
1: it goes in or, the spaceship. Yeah, I mean, it, it it's yeah, got to come into play do something. Um, I, yeah and they can't but if they destroy it they, no they the, they absolutely the, i hope the that LGBT they know community i hope that they know that they cannot destroy burn it. shit down and, and i be like here's 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 my zippo lighter you should be burning shit <laughs> no, down because you can't, you can't no they you can't, can't destroy it can't you, they can't do can't, it but it's like why no. did she change
2: the password no, you no, no, no. but you can't have I, I mean look maybe i'm naive but you can't have dialogue where clark calls it a ghost and Maddie says, no, it's real, and then destroy it the next episode.
1: But, I mean, this show has done worse, <laughs> so. But I think that, but I,
2: it's, uh, everything since then has yeah. showed every intention of, like, you can't undo it, but trying uh-huh. to do what they can since then. So, so I, yeah, but I is have, this
1: a clumsy? Is this a clumsy way of of trying to I mean, make it up to those fans? We'll look, find look, out. They'll never make it. They'll well, never make it up. No, no but we'll, we'll, we'll find, find out, out what they'll do. And, and I okay. and
2: I don't disagree with Bub's assessment. Like when we walked away from the episode, I absolutely shared that assessment of saying the best convers. I mean, I liked the Clark and Echo conversation, but I'm like, we have our protagonist, mm-hmm. and it feels very disorienting as an audience member to have all of these people. Who meant something to her Either be out of sight Out of mind Or mm-hmm. like Ships passing in the night Like they were with yeah. Raven And then Her two conversations That are her turning point Are with Echo Who she had no relationship with before But and, I maintain that That's on purpose uh, Well yeah And maybe it's on purpose And maybe Like uh, What I hope What I would love Is at the after the finale To be like Oh my god I totally get it And I loved it That's like That's all I want I, well, I don't, but, right. But right at I, this point in the, and maybe like on a binge, uh, th- none of this would be an issue. Cause it would be like back to back to back to back to back. But like right now this has been kind of an excruciating wait for an emotional payoff between the characters that are still mm-hmm. alive.
1: Yeah. I think, I think, I think the pacing this season has been really difficult that there hasn't been an emotional crescendo and kind of a release of that tension as we had in the previous, previous seasons of we, as we mentioned with like mid season stuff. Well, I thought, like, but I thought the, that the, I thought
2: putting the, so the differences you, uh, at the time, the episode, uh, the six Semper episode where the flame went into Maddie. Mm-hmm. I thought, I'm like, Jesus, this is an emotional crescendo, right? Like, you. This is a betrayal, and I get everyone's perspective and everyone's pissed. The, the I feel like
0: we talked about it a lot on on the pod as well. You it know, felt like, it
2: felt, and and I was like fired up because even though it was like my two most favorite characters being super mad at each other, I was like, mm-hmm. I totally get where they're both coming from, and I love it. Like, give me the angst, give me. Yeah, I, be, I think. I but think but that then might it was out good. of. But
1: then it was out of sight, out of yes, mind. Yes, they they pissed away. They pissed away That's that the issue. That that conflict and that emotional character work, they pissed away um the goodwill I had uh, for Clark as a mother trying to protect Maddie when she just became less and less um understandable from but that you, perspective. But you,
2: so let me give you an example. Somebody on Twitter gave an example and I'm like, you know, it's so simple. If you, mm-hmm. you, if they had shown Clark looking at, and the prop. Or who was it? Was it um, Blythe Ann? Somebody put a photo of all of the like wonderful drawings that are in, that are just like... When background. Th- yeah. But, but when you think about like the work that goes into like even the background, like all of uh-huh. those wonderful sketches that Clark had in the church set, those are all, it's like ghosts of... Clark's past it's like ghost of Christmas past and Christmas present right like it's Wells it's her father it's her mother it's Bellamy it's Octavia I don't know if I saw one of Raven there is a very easy like introduction even to the scene with Clark and Ra- and Abby and Maddie where they're arguing about what Clark's done that if you show Clark looking at those photos and looking pensive or sad but then kind of like getting it together and then turning Mm -hmm. to have that conversation with Abby and Maddie that you is a shorthand for letting the audience know she feels something and this is a horrible struggle for her. That's what you need. And that's like a very small thing that's just like, a like 6 second a character looking at something but it's it's like when they do the crossfades where one character says something and then they crossfade to the other and that you know <laughs> right like it's a shorthand What about you- just
0: star wipes can we what? <laughs>
1: <laughs> or like fly in and fly out. The yeah. show,
2: show has, listen, you're laughing, but crossfades are like all the Bullark fandom has oh, to go Oh my God. Um, it's all we have speaking, to go
0: on. Speaking of Bellamy, let's move it along to mm-hmm. uh, to the ravine um, and talk about Bellamy and Octavia and Indra and and Gaia before we get to our kitchen sink and wrap things up. Um Sigh. Sigh. Um, so Octavia, much, you know, according to my thesis, much like Clark, um, sort of reaches her, reaches her bottom of the rock, um, and... Indra, MVP, crawling out from uh, from a pile of dead bodies like she always does. Um, <laughs> oh, I swear to God, if they kill her in the finale.
1: Oh, no. She's oh. had such good work. Oh. Like, that, every time we get good Indra stuff this season, makes I'm like, fuck fuck, so fuck, 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 fuck,
0: fuck, fuck, fuck,
1: fuck. Oh, yeah, it's like good Indra scene. I'm like, oh, she's dying next. She's dying after the commercial break. Oh, my God. She has been so good this season. Like. I mean, how they have not fucked up her character and made her a rational mom. I don't know.
2: Well, she was a, well, I mean, she's on the other side of it, Jen. Like, she was a not understanding about her daughter's life choices mom. That's, and then yeah. she, she she went right. to a P
0: flag meeting, and, you know, now now she marches in every parade. <laughs> no?
1: All right, cool. Um, Are you trying, um, I don't even know what you're trying to compare there. It was gay shit. It's always gay shit. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I mean, but it's like, it's religious shit for, for Gaia. This is who, who she FYI is. is it's who Hi. she is Jen.
2: It, it, it's just her di- she chose the occupation that was not her mother's favorite. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> yeah I, how did you get like so so we had some hard moments between between Bellamy and Octavia where mm-hmm. Bellamy was just fucking done and Octavia's still trying to blame him like she's trying to blame oh my God. she's trying to blame everyone right, until so she realizes that this is her fucking fault.
2: So do you know what made me laugh about this episode before it started? Joe and I were actually chatting and I said, my most favorite thing in all of television is when two characters are totally at odds with one another and then they are forced to be just alone together because of circumstances and they can't get out for like the entire episode and then they have to deal with their shit. I love that. Right? Like, In this show, I love the like Nevermore setup or Mm -hmm. when Clark and Finn and Wells were like stuck in the car and like everyone just has to be like uncomfortable and like talk about their shit. I love it. So I said that going into the episode and then like Octavia and Bellamy are pinned down and I realized like as the episode went on, I was like, huh? (laughs) So (laughs) this is my most favorite setup. But Surprise! You're, not, you're not gonna give me any, which is actually fine. This was my favorite. These scenes, as much as they like fucking hurt, were some of my were my favorite of the episode, and I also was just kind of like in awe of like the technical stuff, like the like at night and like just like the physical, like I felt terrible that like Bob and Marie were face down in dirt for a day. <laughs> <laughs> like <dude. laughs> So I felt I felt like it was wonderfully acted and it was the dialogue pulled no fucking punches. It was like Indra and Bellamy like like Octavia having to sit there and look at people dying in front of her or dead bodies that are the consequence of her choices and her trying to wiggle out of it and, and, then Be- having- and she
0: can't go anywhere she can't wiggle she can't and call on guards she, right? to arrest Bellamy can't, for can't, treason he's huh? just like no it is your fault and she's like motherfucker
2: fucking look at the puddles of blood and watching the people try and get up and getting mowed down and she's trying to say it's not my fault it was like I mean, and then Bellamy and Indra and Bellamy being like, nope, it's your fault. And Indra being like, yep, you broke it. Your fucking fault. It was- You broke it, you bought it. Right. It was, for, for the arc that she's had, it was a full reckoning for her to have to fucking see what she did. In a really, I don't know if there's, I'll be honest with you, like if you think back, has there ever been a leader on the show that was, uh, other than Clark, Bellamy, and Monty having to walk around all of the dead bodies in Mount Weather, they had to truly look around like, this is what I fucking did. And Jaha, after-
0: at the beginning of season four, and Murphy being like, this is all your fucking fault. Yeah,
2: yes, it, y- you're right, you're right. And I, Which loved- is very
0: similar, and, you know, Jaha handled it a little bit better, I guess. Right.
2: And but- as as frustrating as it is, that... I mean, it was really funny. Somebody did an edit of the lines, of, and they were like, it's the greatest sibling moment in the history of the show that Octavia and Bellamy are lying face down in the dirt. And if you cut what the dialogue is in between, you can get down to an essence of, it's your fault. No, it's your fault. No, yeah. you. you did it. No, you did it. And it's like the most I kind of wanted ball. them to like slap fight, you know, like just yeah, like, it's like the smacking most each other. It's the most classic sibling, like, to the extreme moment that I watch unfold with my kids all the time. Like, you did it. No, you did it. No, it's your fault. Like, it was, it was, but it was, like, really, really painful. Um, I thought that, you know, I, if we skip ahead to the scene, I, I want to leave the, contra- If is it okay? We can leave the controversial dialogue to the end. I thought Octavia admitting out loud after the two people who are most responsible for shaping her as a person were firm in that you need to take responsibility.
0: Well, I like I like your note that you have in here, Bellamy and Indra are lying in the, among the massacred soldiers and it's Cain and Octavia's fault.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, so yeah, the, the season three, but, but what I was just going to say is like the two people who are most responsible for forming Octavia as an mm-hmm. adult, Bellamy and Indra are the ones that are calling her to account and they won't let her wiggle out and she says it out loud. Like, one crew is broken and I broke it. Mm-hmm. And she then offers her, like, sacrifices herself. Shot for shot, later I realized when pe- very smart, talented people like put together the still shot side-by-side comparison, she mimicked all of the gestures of Lincoln when he sacrificed himself for also three people Mm -hmm. to not be killed. And it's like, I just really appreciated, like, the artistry and what they coordinated. Did you guys think Octavia was going to die? No. uh, My husband absolutely thought she was going to die. Absolutely. And and I, I was spoiled because, well, the speculation about, like, her excitement for season six. The thing that I think is interesting is any other television show, would have killed her off and given her that death of that like Mm -hmm. redemptive death. I am far more interested in in her crawling her way back out. Yes. in watching, what do you do after that? When you have to live like everyone else on the show with horrible things and you're not in charge anymore. And I'm far more interested in that than a neat
1: kind of like, this is her.
0: Well, she died a hero. The end.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, it, she didn't earn it. I mean, she No, it wouldn't have been it earned. Death yet. It's not earned. And the other thing, the other thing I'm very very curious to see if it ever plays out is not everybody knows that they ate people, so <laughs> Bellamy doesn't know. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm very curious to see how that plays out like when that reckoning happens because there are a lot of people responsible for that. I mean, Right, and that's the fr- actually the fr- frustrating thing at this
2: point given that we have one episode left of this season is that bellamy even though i absolutely understand his feelings towards his sister ev- literally everyone else now on the show and the audience all knows what octavia went through and the kinds of choices that she had to and make it's sympathetic except, mm-hmm. yeah except for him yeah and they were just stuck For a fucking day until nightfall, and for her
0: to just be like (laughs) Bellamy,
2: we
1: ate people. This is what this is what happens. This is why I'm like this. Yeah, but that's the thing is like you don't. That's that's a collective shame that nobody is going to talk about. We um, don't talk
0: about the dark year.
1: Um, yeah, we don't talk about the dark year. We don't talk about eating people. I mean, it it's just speaks. a collective shame that everyone just kind of averts their eyes from, and I understand it.
2: But I did I did think the season three reversal of Indra's on a battlefield shot.
0: Indra's always shot on a fucking battlefield. Under Season De-bi- three, season but, four.
2: But this time it's Bellamy of all people. Saving her who saves her who's going to carry her daughter on his back it's octavia and kane's fault that this massacre happened when they were the ones trying to it god i have so much shit to three. say about kane god, it's me. it's really it's <laughs> it's it's good stuff like i mean that's the part of the episode for me that i thought was i i i didn't walk away from it emotionally satisfied it was really hard to watch, but I thought it was really well done.
1: Yeah. And I think like, I've really enjoyed what they've done with Bellamy this year. I I know there's a lot of fans out there who are like, Oh, he's unrecognizable now and i attribute at least part of that to the 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 fact that he's with echo and people just don't like that. So obviously he's changed fundamentally and he's on It's also I'm 6 like, years. Oh. Well, it's 6 it's- and he's he's grown into a very mature person who does balance his heart and his head. Like i think Bellamy's my f- favorite character this season. Really? Yeah, and it's just weird because he's never been like i've always wanted to to be like clark's my favorite, raven's my favorite, but he's he's um like mixed the best elements of himself and the best elements of like season two clark i feel and he's he's matured into probably the most well-rounded person right now on the show and i appreciate how they've how he's grown um I mean, you but, you, but the, did you see the
0: coverage from at Unity Days? Like Bob specifically said that when the season started, he didn't know, he didn't recognize Bellamy, but by the end of the season, he did feel like this was the best Bellamy that has been Bellamy'd.
2: But that it hinges on the finale. It's interesting that it didn't make yeah, sense but to him. Yeah. It's who you, I think there's a, there's two different things. There's who you want, who you want a, you want a character. Generally, like, as an audience member, I want a character to be the best version of themselves. Mm-hmm. That's currently wh- who Bellamy is. Yeah. um, I personally feel like we watched a tortured journey of him trying to get there from the end of season. Three well, cause, yeah, to yeah he lands four. down
0: here and you're like, what the actual fuck is actually? because, like, six years in space, like they changed. They had some hardships. But like, They had camaraderie. They didn't have to eat anybody. They weren't in isolation in the woods. And then they come down and everyone's fucking
2: crazy. I think that they're sometimes, well, I don't want to, he's basically like the new, um, but he's the new cane, right? Uh, Do not, do
0: not put that on him.
2: Well, I mean, there's a beard and he's trying to avoid conflict. And I mean, maybe he's a little bit more savvy, but his plans Mm -hmm. are constantly to avoid war, are constantly thwarted. He's trying to reach out to people to say, It's not working. Right? Like, so that is the best version of I mean that like if you had asked me in the pits of season 3 what would you want for this character cuz he's always been my favorite character has been is like I want him to grow from these mistakes and like do better yeah. and so that's what he's done. Now the downside to that is the character who <laughs> if it's the 100 and conflict and heartache are inevitable and you are the character that's trying to prevent it, but we know it's the 100, so it's not going to be prevented, (laughs) then you end up being a little bit bizarrely sidelined. You're not the primary actor because your plans or attempts at peace must be thwarted because by the finale, we can't have peace. We have to have a conflict. So like Kane in Seasons Past... I'm like rooting for him, but we get to the finale and you realize that everything he has done has failed. And that is not the place that we are used to seeing Bellamy. We're used to seeing him like in the thick of it. It's a weird, it's a weird place, right? Like we're used to like action Bellamy and this season is not action Bellamy. It's like a much more cerebral. Mm -hmm. I appreciate the flip of the extremely overused head on the heart between Bellamy and Clark. And that's exactly Mm -hmm. where they're at. And so I, I get why people are like, huh, it's different than the character I was watching. And sometimes it's more, sometimes he made it more fun and more snarky to be the more emotive one. This Bellamy is very, like, adult. Uh, like, so I'm very happy where I, he is, but there were other seasons where it was, like, more fun to <laughs> watch him. Does that make sense? Does this have to
0: do with the beard? I don't
2: want to get into that. <laughs> oh,
1: my God. I love the, I love the beard. I, it's not about job. that. I think it's, it's I about... Mean, I think it's, it's not about, the fullest thing, but, no, you know... He's trying his, his best. have to be.
2: No, it's not even... It's not about that. Like, what I meant by that is, like, it's not about that. It's about... Uh-huh. You're used to a character who wore his heart on his sleeve. And he doesn't do that anymore. So uh, the same way that it's disorienting, like Jen, the way you feel that Clark used to be strategic, smart, able to see the force through the trees, even when her emotions were at their height and you feel disoriented. There are, for some people that Bellamy was their favorite and, and he seems a bit unrecognizable because he's done the flip side of that. And so, it's just like what did you enjoy about a character they're very different and you didn't see that journey of how they got to be in this different place
1: the, I think the problem is though like I really enjoy this version of Bellamy and but I also enjoyed the heart on the sleeve version of Bellamy so much e- yeah even when I had issues with some of his his choices like like killing of, of the, the tree crew army. I had major problems with that, but I still liked his character. The problem with Clark is I really loved her head over heart. Even though I, I think it's i think it's I think it's a mistake to say like season two Clark and season one Clark was was head over heart because she did show a your. To your point earlier in the in in the pod, she did show how things affected her. She mm-hmm. she did have her heart on her sleeve mm-hmm. a little bit, but the where they brought her now, complete heart on her sleeve, is is I don't enjoy her at all. Yeah, um, I, there's, a, there's and I I don't know I don't know if that was intentional, but it's just like the the quality of of the quality person that Bellamy has always been. It, it, even when he was hard on his sleeve, is not being reflected in this flip in Clark. I mean, there's something completely off about she's it. It's broken the way it's portrayed, well, the way it, it's written, and
2: it's not only that. You know what I think? A little bit of has to do with when, when we, when the show started, and Bellamy was in the place in terms of priorities that Clark is. It was the beginning of the show. We didn't have any preconceived notions of who should have a duty to who right? Mm -hmm. It's a little bit, I I, like hate to say this, but like in the pilot, when somebody was like, this is his sister. And it's like the only person who has a sibling currently in mankind that we know of. (laughs) 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 Like it immediately makes you be like, Okay, like, right? Like, by, by episode, like, My Sister's Keeper, we had a whole flashback establishing why he's so crazy about, like, taking care of her, right? So that did a lot of, like, background character work. Mm-hmm. um, and, and that's sort of, like, the character as we greeted him. That was, like, the defining, other than I really wish he wouldn't slick his hair back, <laughs> defining... <laughs> You have a lot of problems with Bellamy's uh, I hair. I don't. Only I have, like, Kane and Bellamy the signal for their arc of we are curly assholes, but we will someday be awesome. But in the case of Kane, maybe go back to being assholes. You can actually track by the the changes in their hair. And I can maybe save that for the end. But Um, on the arc, if you slicked your hair back and you were in the pilot. I mean, that's just universal villain. Then you were kind of a dick in the pilot. Yeah. Like, that's just, that's just always. If you're,
1: if you're dipping your fingers into some gel and running it (laughs) through your hair, You're a douche canoe. You are a dick. Yeah, exactly. And you somehow, and you somehow found
2: the resources to do that in a society that's living, like, in a space station under rations, then you're particularly a dick. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, <if you're> <laughs> Particular
0: dickitude um let's 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 talk about really quickly um mm-hmm. I guess the the controversial dialogue um and then we'll move things along because no no been but
2: yes controversial reveled. dialogue but then I had my geeky political thing okay Please. so well, the co- oh controversial the-
1: controversial dialogue do you want me to die yes is wait, that wait, it that's wait, a- wait, wait no 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 let's do, it
2: wait let's do this like real time so you said that and then I said pause. And we, and we in our house said, wait, what did he say? Wait, play it I back. Had
1: to, I, had to re, I had to play it back and turn on captions because the the fucking sound mixing on the show is awful. Sorry, guys, but I, I can't hear a well, fucking it, word you know, anyone says. You no, know, it's
2: not the sound mixing on the show. It's the sound mixing when it airs
1: on the CW. Because
2: if you watch it on iTunes, it's fine. So I yeah, don't. yeah,
1: exactly. I have it on Amazon. Yeah, it's not—it's not as nearly as bad. So I don't—I don't know where the translation is, but I hated—I hated that line. It, I hated it. It was like, why did he go through the whole motion of the uh, whole episode? dragging his sister along and protecting her and ensuring that she lived as and he lived, and then just be like, yeah, I kind of do want you to die. Uh, in, in fact, if I could take take you know, take back all that effort I just put into saving your fucking life, I would. Like, it was, oh, I think I he's, it. I think he physically saves her. I just rewatched it before we, and
2: I think I counted three times that he put him his body in front of hers to prevent her from harm. So it's a really interesting, it's an interesting juxtaposition of actions and, what you say to a family member because you know what will hurt, and I just—I mean, I just—that's like I'm left wondering what, other than a scorecard of the horror, like she has said, hor She has told him she was like. Right. She said horrible shit to him in the past. So, other than just
1: retaliated.
2: Right. And it's kind of weird that, like, more cerebral has a shit together Bellamy. I mean, it's family, right? So it still gets under Mm -hmm. your skin. I get that. But, like, what, Joe, did this line bother you as much as it bothered Jen and I? Like, I mean, so I, like, I watched it
0: over and over and over, and, like, I still never fucking caught the line. Um, and I didn't have c- closed captioning as an option, so like I, I sort of like came at it third party, like a drive-by. Um, in terms of in terms of being bothered by it, I don't really think so because I feel like he is. This kind of gets back into conversations that we had on the pod, which is: is there a difference in letting someone die versus killing them? And he will not sort of. He won't just let her die on his watch, but god damn it if for a moment he did not wish that she were
2: dead. If that makes sense. So it's just like it's it's, it's so you think it was just like a brutally honest moment of we are at a point in my life where you are like, You are a liability emo- I can't emoti- do this, you drain like, me. Emotional torture. Yeah. Which they, is, they, but he's not
0: going to obviously he, let her die when he has the power to stop it. Yeah, um, he's not going to like do things that like or actively he, will kill her. But he actively
1: but, saves her multiple times. Exactly. Yeah, like, and the thing is, like he, it wasn't an impulsive answer either. He took a beat. Yeah, and then said yes, and biased. I was like, w- what? Like the cruelest thing I've ever done to my my big bro. Um have you have you been caught in a ravine like
0: getting shot at because it's their fucking fault? So um we so
1: what there's a there's a large there's a large age gap between me and my my big brother, um about 15 years or so. Um and we used to have we used to go uh to a camping ground. We had a camper out there in Marseilles, Illinois. Um, uh, and it was a nice a little, little camper in the middle of a forest, a camping ground. My aunt and uncle had a camper behind us. My other aunt and uncle had a camper next to us. And then we had this ravine with a tire swing and it was a deep ravine, fun tire swing. And my brother was pushing me on this tire swing and I fell off and skinned my knee. And ever since I've been like, my brother's been trying to kill me, you guys. <laughs> and I mean, we bring that up, like it, that, that situation up at least a couple times a year. Um, that you know my brother actively tries to kill me but i remember back in the day before i even knew what i was talking about i tried i was mad at my brother and um i was in uh like standing outside my aunt's house which was across the street from our house we had a tight family obviously um, my brother pissed me off i'm like maybe eight years old or some shit like that and i screamed to the whole entire neighborhood my brother smokes pot you fucking narc <laughs> you were the I didn't worst even know who pot wait
0: did he, he was, at the
3: time
1: or you were just like oh yeah oh big yeah <laughs> uh he was horrified uh, i had no clue what i was saying and that's like the cruelest thing i think i've ever done to him did he get in trouble and This is what did he get in trouble Oh, I don't think anybody actually heard. He was just there. He, my cousin Linda, and I were there, like, hanging out on the street. uh, And he was just, he was mortified. He was so pissed off. But nobody heard. I mean, maybe a neighbor did hear me screaming but didn't know what I was saying. But it's like, I can never, I can't imagine ever saying to somebody, to my brother, regardless of, of what he's ever done, if he asked me, do you wish I were dead and me just going? Mm,
2: yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know
1: what else particular Here's the thing.
2: I have heard I have heard family members in my not my immediate family, but like growing up, like say yes, say horrible things to each other. The difference in my mind uh, along those lines. But the difference in my mind is when you are actually facing a circumstance where that might actually happen, like, in mm-hmm. the next five minutes. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> like, you, t- the immediacy of it. And you choose that, what might be your f- one of your final <laughs> moments, and it might actually happen to that be the moment that you drop the hammer and be honest. It is particularly, br- like... But that's the thing, like, Octavia needed to
0: hear that, like, she was caught in a place of between the three people, her family, like, I don't, I think Kane and Abby were kind of like the fucked up aunt and uncle that, like, twisted her a little <laughs> bit, you know what I mean? Like, she, like, Kane and Abby are the aunt and uncle that she, like, went to live with in a summer, and, like, she did not come back right, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, like. I don't know what that
2: means. I don't know, it's hilarious, though
0: like i think i think for them to just be fucking done with her in a way that she couldn't hide behind her position Like, she didn't get Mm -hmm. to be Blood raina at that moment. No one ever spoke truth to power to her. Very rarely. We actually saw it a little bit with Octavia and a little... Or not with with, with Indra. With Indra, And a little bit with Bellamy. But both of them were still, like, holding back because at any point, uh, uh, Octavia could have called the guards and had them beheaded. So, like, there was never this moment of equal power of being able to be like, fuck you. And so for them to have that reckoning and for Octavia to realize that all of this is her fucking fault, I think that Bellamy saying... Yes. Maybe yes in that moment. Not forever and always, but fuck if his life would not be easier if she were dead in that moment. Not that he wants to kill her or that he wants to like allow her to die, but if she were suddenly to just vanish, yes. Like yes. And that's it's fucked so- up and it's terrible and and you know, it's probably he was he probably doesn't feel it after that, you know? Like I, but I think that in that moment I don't think it's an unfair thing for him to
2: no, it, want I've and never, verbalize no it, it has nothing that he has said whether you're you know I'm not fighting she's like side by side I'm not fighting for you or the, or that not I, it's not that I don't understand emotionally where he's coming from or am thankful that he, I think it's been a long time coming since he has drawn some lines emotionally with her because she has used him as an emotional punching bag for a while and and even reverted to it in this episode where, like, her her first inclination is to be like, this is your fault. And you're like, bitch. (laughs) Bitch, (laughs) for real? No. Seriously? No, right? Like, (laughs) it was... It was a fascinating replay of every conversation they've had since season one, where she's like, this is your fault. And it was finally Bellamy being like, you know what? It's fucking not. This is your fault. (laughs) I'm
1: over it. Fuck you. So in that way... Fuck the horse you rode in on. fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck the ghost of Helios. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, Felicia.
2: (laughs) So in that way, I found it um, a long time coming and satisfying. However... It has been three seas like uh, three and a half seasons of the Blakes being broken with only uh, one hug and a radio call to punctuate that but other than that since Lincoln died it has been like utter despair between the two of them so, if if our, if we are finally like if this is the Joe theory that this episode, ooh, I like that. I like into, that I have,
0: it's 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 got a name it, and everything. It's,
2: it's the Joe theory of bottoming out.
1: You know? Can we just can we shorten short? And that's just the know, Joe theory of bottoming. Joe, Joe, you know? Oh my God, Joe! You know what else <laughs> what? the Joe theory has? What? It has air horns. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> the Joe theory of bottoming and air horns. All right, sorry. Continue, Cece. I feel like this. I feel like all of our blood sugar is low. Um, we're getting a little punchy.
1: No, no, but I, I that's mean, the best part of the podcast. Okay. We're like three hours in deep.
2: <laughs> if if this is if if we needed if the Blakes needed to reach bottom, and by that it meant full accountability for either of their sins, and each of them wishing the other dead. Can we please now be there and now follow some other trajectory? I think we will. I I genuinely
0: think that we will. I really, I don't think this was accidental. How do the
2: Blakes come back from this? I mean, how does anyone? Everyone is, that's one of the things I think that right now is fandom fatigue, is uh that other than Indra and Bellamy... Who make my heart swell, (laughs) and Monty and Harper that are not currently. That are print
1: drawing? Not really present.
2: There is all of the important relationships on the show are broken. Like all of them, like Kane and Abby. Kane does not want to hold Abby's hand like at all <laughs> like right? fuck off Kane right like she she put Amen. Hand in hand. all all of it Fucking is Kane. all of it is broken like Bellamy and Clark is like betrayal and leaving them for dead and like not giving like that's broken the Blakes I want you you want me dead yes broken like everything is broken Utterly broken and like how are we supposed to feel about that like is that really gonna come together at least for some pieces of it for us to feel like there's any hope at the end of this finale like it's a really dark place to be like at this point in every other season. Right? Like at the end of the penultimate episode of season four, you had the delinquents all back together to try and save uh-huh. Raven and they took their helmets off. Season three. And then you guys you were bitching
1: hit. about that one but, too. But no 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 but 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 Cece, do you think that do you think that, that Jason Rothenberg thinks I can just give them the helmet taking off moment again and the finale and all will be good. No, but
2: I mean the helmet taking off didn't work for me. I, I started calling it finale squad because you can't just like reassemble characters that haven't given a shit about each other all season and put them together together for the finale and they'd be like do you remember when they carried i
1: I agree with you but it it worked for me because i wanted it so bad but now i'm like i was duped they keep duping me and i'm not gonna fall for it again you know what next week i'll probably be fucking crying i'll fall
2: (laughs) i mean i hope so i hope it's like 47 minutes of an assault on feels and everyone talks and everyone's trapped on a spaceship and they're all yelling at each other and there's tears and like I hope it makes me Why do you me, want everyone to cry all the time?
1: I just want people to show like, I need them to share my feelings. Like
2: this this show makes like I don't understand like when people are on the show and are in the scenes doing the things they're doing but I'm at home safe and I'm crying? Like why aren't they <laughs> crying? <laughs>
0: uh, did that anyway. did that not answer your
2: question Jen? Uh I ca- I can't re- I can't remember what my question was now. Um, the one, can I, I'm going to also say something positive. The okay. Thing, there's two things that on a, like, intellectual level I have found really interesting about this season. Okay. And the first is the, is the story of one crew and that it is a people that were born born of different clans and that were basically premised on an ideal that like we're all one despite the fact that we come from different places which is eerily like the United States and our motto being and I can never say it can can one of you guys say it I can't pronounce it and I
1: took Latin um what is it e pluribus unum yes uh, but i can't it's like one of those i don't know if of, that's the correct pronunciation that's always but what my i brain took told me. latin
2: and i can't pronounce it because when you take latin all you do is read it and write it but e pluribus unum i don't know out of out of many one like that's the translation which is eerily and i don't think accidentally similar to the one
1: crew motto You know what the one crew thing though what remi- what it reminds me of is I don't even know if this is correct. It's just a feeling I have like what do we say when we take communion? I don't know. I'm um, Jewish. Amen. No. Are you, is anybody Body Catholic of here? is it was the body no, of Christ? I
2: grew, up, I grew up Catholic. But it's um the blood of Christ. The body the and the blood body of Christ. The body of Christ and then you say amen.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, there I was mean, a
2: lot of... I mean, the show's always had a lot of very Catholic communion imagery. It's interesting. Like with the chip. Cain being
0: crucified.
2: Yeah, the cannibalism. <laughs> oh, yeah. But <laughs> yeah. There's, I think it's really interesting, and I don't think it's accidental. And it's kind of brutal, and it's one of the reasons why it's been particularly depressing to watch. In, in a way, kind of similar to, like, Handmaid's Tale. That you're watching... At the end of season four, you were like, oh my God, like Octavia is actually bringing everyone together and saying, stop with your bullshit that you're from different places. We're one crew. We come from different places, but we share an ideal that we're all equal, right? I was so hopeful. And we're going to survive together. And so, right, right. I think it is not accidental that this season has been a story about people In the face of fear, choosing authoritarianism, and then Mm -hmm. when they even when they should realize there's a mistake and should listen to doubling fucking down like Nathan, they don't listen to voices of reason and they double down to their utter ruin and (laughs) devastation. And I am like, as hard as it was to watch, I appreciated in this last episode that they followed through that that is a path to ruin. And mm-hmm. it is disturbing, and it feels like shit to watch, because mm-hmm. in the real world, we might be on the same path. That's an interesting take. So, but now I'm completely depressed. Right. I mean, I, I found it, like, devastating, but then also appreciated that, I mean, Octavia even had a line that sounded like the current president. Remember when she was like, I'm what's best for my people? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I mean, she's—it's
0: like, classic authoritarianism. Like, I alone can fix these problems that I that I made. Like, so, in parentheses, that I that I am responsible yeah. for.
2: Right. So, I appreciate that the show in this episode took like an unblinking, like, uh, or not unblinking, unflinching look of where at that leads. Like. At where mm-hmm. that leads,
0: it's not good. It's not. No, nope. it's it's fucking face down in a pile it's of death. mud with your brother, who's who's who wishes he would die. <laughs>
2: Yes. They at were best. having the. They were having the best day of best. anyone who was left in that valley. Right? right? You're like, well, at least we're not <laughs> they shot were, under. we
0: were a, having the like, best day. It was
2: the most awful day. So like, they the, were
0: not winning corpse hide and go seek like Indra and and Gaia. But you know. So
2: while I will say like, so this is now the second season where I'm finding myself like the show absolutely still like tickles my brain in terms of like the political allegory and I'm I really like that they told a story of authoritarianism
1: this season it's super relevant but like it's but, but it's the emotion, Don't you find it it's the I don't mean, you find it weird though Cece that that they're going from one authoritarian figure in Octavia to another one in Well, Maddie? That's, so it that's it kind that's, of depends
0: on what happens with Maddie like I, I could so, see her uniting them and then being like I don't actually want this
2: well, so that's that's the piece. So while I have loved that they have told a story of authoritarianism and a story of people going along, like that's the piece that how do you coerce people to go along? That I have found really interesting. Like I would have liked even more of it because that's the part that I think is the most relevant, like for our society right now.
1: The part I, I think they shortcut that though. Well,
2: they I think yes like how did they uh, uh, yes like I, and that's I mean, what I mean like more of it but the last epi- like the Dark Year episode it was interesting like how do you use fear and the, how do you like but the part that I'm like so can we like one of the things that I love the most about this show is like five years of very inte- I really do think it's the most intelligent political show that's on TV so can we please not, for the love of God, have the answer this season, be a 12-year-old benevolent queen, is the answer to all of our political problems. Like, please. It has to be a fake out. It has to be a fake out. Because otherwise, like, my what next- What the fuck? Sister- I, I was joking around. My next piece for Hypable would be, like, lessons from the hundred on fighting... According to my daughter. ...I will nominate my 10-year-old daughter to be president of the United I States. Mean, like, honestly, I mean, honestly, I she seems like a good egg. She... I mean, I. the thing that I appreciate about what they've done with Maddie before the whole Commander thing is, in real life, children are often very clear-eyed in... Calling out what is wrong in the world it, in a way that adults should listen to. Kids right? call bullshit. We, real they quick, they call bullshit, and we rash, we rationalize it. Oh, well, you don't understand. And Kids and are like, just, Mm-mm,
3: bullshit. and they just see
2: it, and they're like, I don't like how that person is being treated, and they call it out, and like we should listen, and that part. But it got complicated when Maddie's voice also became part of an AI, right?
1: Yeah, it became a th- an authoritarian voice, but what, just what, a, it, a nicer one. It's just replace...
2: Right, I mean, I unless... It's not like they're having... I mean, if one crew chooses to follow her when they wouldn't follow Octavia, is that like the show's like shorthand for an election or democracy because they're choosing to follow her? I don't know. I'm super curious yeah. and very nervous. About we'll find like... out next week. Right. Yay! Yay!
0: Let's talk about Kitchen Sink. I'm sorry. We're 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 going way over and poor Shaheen's gonna have to edit all this
1: um well i you know I, I the the meditation gals are doing four hours so we gotta at least match uh, this is not a dick measuring contest i mean we'll win it is we're, gonna win. It
0: was, we're gonna
2: win it's a vagina, uh, it's, a vagina. Uh, it's a vagina i don't but here, does, do people
0: women. want a big vagina i mean i guess i don't know do people want a big dick i guess that's the other question but
1: well
0: it depends <laughs> <laughs> thanks for being shaheen on this one it depends <laughs> on your perspective
1: All right, so I only have one kitchen sink thing, and then you guys can do your kitchen sink things, but do you guys, so would you guys put money on on Jason Rothenberg tweeting at some point before this finale saying, you are not ready? Oh, that's, that's the smartest money ever. Every single fucking episode, you're not ready. I'm like, motherfucker. I my DVR uh, is set. I am ready. I have been ready. A, like, I'm not ready for Lobster Fest each year because, like, the, surprise, like, cheddar like, who biscuits. What the fuck? Cheddar Bay biscuits. Like, I'm not prepared. I'm not ready
0: for the deliciousness. Sunday. Of su- Fest. I wish that they would move but to yes. Sunday so that they could be, do the Sunday, Sunday, Sunday shit.
1: Exactly. It's like stop fucking hyping your shit like it's a monster truck rally, dude. Like it's like.
2: Uh, Here's the thing, though. So much would you own be pissed? Kool
1: Aid hype shit. If Monster Trucks, like,
2: Aw, but I mean, like, I, I don't know. It, it's like this, I was there's, just there's I, a level
1: of I'm sorry. There's a level of diminishing returns with this excitement, 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 I guess, excitement, I guess, excitement. But like, I, I don't know. I, excitement, would, excitement. I think I guess, we're also I'm, on Twitter way too much.
2: Yes, that's oh, true. Oh god. I and I it. and I was co- I was just listening to a podcast of a group of writers who were talking about how exciting it is when they've spent hours debating stuff and then write it and then get to see it made and then edit it and then they finally get to pe- get to see people watch it and you're just like
1: you're just excited like I understand that, but at the same time, it's like, stop hyping this shit the same way every single time. I'm like, yes, Jason, we're going to be ready. We know exactly what you're going to give to us. There's there's a formula to this now. I don't
2: know if we know for this one. I'm actually super curious.
1: (sighs) I'm super curious, too. Um, Angry curious. Angry (laughs) curious. Like, I want want to love it, but then I'm like, but it, it can't undo what it did the rest of the season. It's not going to go, oh, well, Clark makes perfect sense now. She wasn't an awful mom who abused a kid. No, she absolutely
0: was. Um, I don't think that that there's any argument that, that that she wasn't. Ah, oh, choices
1: that could have been made just so differently to make. Ugh. Let's okay, kitchen sink, kitchen you guys.
0: sink. Um, mm-hmm. let's chat. Let's chat about uh, Vincent and his conversation with Kane, and then sort of um, best
1: fucking line of the whole episode. Best fucking line Vincent of the whole said. whole episode, and then you know might might have been the best fucking line of the whole season if you. Ask yeah, me. I mean it was I mean, definitely it kind of
2: sums up. Like it pokes a hole the show. in every line that is iconic. The who we are and who we're, like, who, like all, all of that is, that's what you, t- your conscience, that's what you tell yourself in between, hor- you pretend you listen to it between horrible acts. Yeah. You know? Or, or, or um, whatever he said, like... Unspeakable. It, unspeakable yeah. acts. If, if a only a
0: conscience way. was a free pass and not just a voice in your head to pretend, you pretend to listen to between unspeakable acts, which I and mean... All,
2: and Vincent and his line, like, so here's all the people who just died... Because of the decision you made out of good intention to save humanity. By the way, I'm a serial killer. And that that tally far exceeds mine. Yeah. That's fucked. that was great. That like was everything, great. Um, everything that followed I could have skipped entirely.
0: But here's my issue. Like my, my main like that was amazing. And then and then we get, you know, serial killer attacking him, and then Kane gets bitten, and Abby tries to save him. And on his, you know, possible deathbed that we know is a fake out, you know, he's saying You know, I know it wasn't your fault. Like, it was Octavia. And, like, I know that this is meant to sort of absolve, like, Abby and say, like, I knew the whole time. But, hey, that was so fucking fucked up. If you knew this whole time, your judgment about it and and your your holier-than-thou attitude and, and all the things that have come since the bunker was opened, this shit is all his fucking fault. I was so mad when he said that. And I love that it cut to Abby and she was not having it. Um, oh,
2: for them did, to... Do, oh, wait, wait, wait. You thought she wasn't?
0: Yeah, like, it seemed like... So before, he she tried to grab his hand, like, when they were talking way before, and he wasn't having it, and then I think this time, she wasn't having his nonsense on his deathbed. But, like, his, like absolving her of you know saying it was octavia she was a fucking child she was a child raised under the floor who brought you guys on as, as advisors and you let her down and you let her spiral and like she did the best she could and it was wrong and it was fucked up but you are alive because of her so fuck you kane i am well, so yeah, mad there's at a him
1: shared responsibility he, but he absolves and, himself because is- he's like
0: my intentions were pure i'm like you got hundreds of people killed just now and you are so convinced in his rightness. That's his at. That's his addiction this season. That's his like fall from grace. Is that he is so myopic about his viewpoint and thinking that because his intentions are pure, the consequences and the fallout will be worth it. And he is no better than Octavia.
2: Well, and the other thing that I thought was that's true. I, yeah, and the thing that I thought was interesting. Sorry, I got angry.
0: My blood sugar's <laughs> low, and I'm I love it. Fucking I, love angry. I love it, Joe. I love it,
2: Joe. I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The other thing that I thought was really interesting is that you take a character like Kane, who started out on the show being like totally utilitarian. And then you put him through this like moral crucible season after season. Right. And he was always the character that like remembered the calling and not sacrificing. Like, right. I mean, that's been his like mantra. Like, it was a speech that he gave to Dioza, right? Like if you if you always sacrifice the few for the many, you always become the few. But then the choice that he makes is is a, an extreme choice that logically follows where he's at morally and yet he has now found himself in the same place where he was at the calling. So it's like a really interesting moral loop of arguing like the one like I don't know how he ended up but he is back in the same place and that scene where he is just fucking tired. And I don't it's really interesting like I don't know where it goes from here.
0: Oh, like, well he doesn't parents. fucking die which makes me ir- like I usually didn't care that much about Cain. But this season, man, he is on my foot. Fu- like when McCreary was like, "You're gonna listen to the people that you killed." Like, turn that radio up. I was like, "Yes, McCreary, fuck him. Like, make him listen to this bullshit." Because, like, again, like it's his. He has this air of superiority and thinking that he he thinks he's Jaha. You're not smart enough to be Jaha. Like, well, not only that, but, yeah. he, but
2: he thinks. I mean, the thing that's so interesting is like he's calling Octavia the devil, right? He's sitting there and listening to people get mowed down on a walking. And still thinking that he is justified in that. And that's the choice he made. And she's sitting there laying down, face down in the mud and blood with them. And Mm -hmm. granted, it's totally, like, everything that has happened is a culmination of many different characters' choices. Diozas, Clarks, Octavias, Kanes, a lot of different people. Like, the blame is... very much spread around. But this last betrayal coming from Cain, like it, I was really angry at him.
1: It yeah. Was, I was shocked. I was shocked that it wasn't a, a double cross.
2: It, yeah. And that Dioza and Cain like just got played because dummies. Fucking played and didn't have like, like I'm like you, so you really just went in on like a wing and a prayer. Hoping
0: that McCurry would
1: be like honorable. What's up, guys? <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, that I mean that that whole thing didn't make sense at all because I re- it was so weird because like in the the previous episode, like uh, Murphy and Raven were talking to those guys about, um, was talking to Dioza about like, you know, I guess McQuerry's thought of everything, and then Dioza had like this look on her face, like oh. But now, what I'm thinking about right now, I'm like, oh, they're coming up. She's come, and when they show up um, to McCreary, I'm like, okay, Dioza just came up with a plan to double cross McCreary and save uh, and save. Turns one out crew. they're the ones being double Tur- crossed. Tur- turns out, nope, they were straight up betraying space crew and one crew. What was the point of showing that aha look on Dioza's face? Um, Right after they're like, oh well, she's she's I guess got she's got, got pregnancy brain,
0: clearly. She's not thinking. Uh, I just oh, like oh, what whoa. Oh,
1: whoa. Oh no, no, oh Jen, no, no, Jen. no. Oh shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh no. Uh, do we have any other kitchen sink stuff that we want to cover? I know that we didn't really like talk that much about Murphy or Raven's Bang. Or... my
2: I think right now, although it has sadly demised, but the healthiest and most the ship with the most chemistry on the show is Murphy and his gun. And I <laughs> didn't
0: Here's the thing his anachronistic lines this season have upset me they have taken me out of the show so his like Scarface line dude
2: maybe he was just sitting there and watching it like I, they had movies on the arc. I know but like it
1: just it 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 was you it was too Scarface low brow for it? me it was like it's, it's one of those things they never do they ever really reference no so him making
0: an alien culture? butt probe joke <laughs> earlier in the season was like took me out of it and then his say hello to my little friend I was like really that's what we're going with I don't
1: know yeah, I mean, it would be okay if he did it a lot and referenced pop culture. Like that was his thing? Yeah, if that was his thing, but it's completely not. It's just, it is kind of weird. It was weird that they would choose to do that. I uh, also... Uh, sorry, I didn't mean never, to, like, shit all over the thing that you like. Cece. No,
2: no, no, no. <laughs> I think it was hilarious that he, like, loved this big gun so much that in the last episode at the fireside scene, he was, like, hugging it. And then this episode... <laughs> He really was. Like, if you go back after they stole it and before they have it, in the scene, he's fucking hugging that gun <laughs> by the fireside. And I love it. And then this season, it I mean, this episode, it was like he finally got – it was like basically a metaphor for all of Murphy's relationships. like. And then, then it just, like, misfires, like, and, he, burp burp. and then it blows up. And it blows up. Sad but i I do, like, I, we're at the point in the season where – we talked about before with Raven. Raven and Murphy. Criminally underused. Criminally underused. Criminally no, And not yes. not initially, but in this back stretch of the season. Like Like Raven's just buff, mooning over they? some boy. Where yes. Exactly. I mean, what the fuck are they doing? And and Murphy's just like stealing shit and on the sidelines. I, I I criminally underused. And 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 one of the consequences of that. Is now that we don't have Jasper, and we only have Murphy, but it it seems to, uh, maybe if you actually added it up, it does it's not actually different in terms of screen time, but it just feels like he's been sidelined. The show is missing. That, the show needs to kill off a bunch of fucking people. Yeah, it yeah, does. it's been it's missing that humor that those two characters brought, even if it was dark humor. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's. You need it. Like, if you're telling that dark a tale, you need those moments of levity where the audience can just kind of laugh in spite of what's going on. It's needed. And I thought that they recognized it after season three and they had Jasper play this kind of, like, Greek chorus. Which was still funny. Still funny. I loved it. Yeah. But this season, we don't have Jasper anymore. And Murphy, I'm just kind of left at this point in the season where I'm like, where the fuck have Raven and Murphy been?
0: Right, because they were they had good snark, and then yeah, they and just they kind had of great dropped scenes. the ball on them this season. The
2: beginning of yeah. beginning yeah, the of beginning this of the season, season when they were on the ship was great stuff, and I'm not even talking about them like together, um, because when Murphy and Amore were doing the heist and dealing with their shit, it was great too. It's just like since then, since the chaos episode, you know, where he was hurling the rock, which was great. Like every time he's on screen, it's like magic.
1: He just hasn't been much. I, yeah, I don't know. this. Yeah, I mean, this show goes through some big, huge, deep valleys where they just forget that certain characters even exist in the world. Right. And I get that they have this huge, expansive cast, but they just need to cut it by half because um, they can't do every character justice, and it's making everybody weak. So I think, I think I, we're at that point. Yeah, I, I hate to say that.
0: I have one question um, before we, before we move on to our well actuallys. I remember how much you guys read about um, what Tasia had been saying about Echo this season. And like, I feel like repeatedly they teased Echo is loyal to space crew, but are they loyal to her? And I never saw that. Like, I never saw unwavering loyalty between them. And I was wondering if you guys, like, do you guys think that s- they shot stuff and then, like, it didn't get aired? Or they just gave her a weird thing to tease? Do they think – do you think maybe the finale i mean, like, but, but, something about but that? But they sort of – she sort of teased it as, like, her, her – that was her arc. Not, I like, thought, that was her, you know, period at the end. Well,
2: I mean, she had uh, – she had that episode with Raven where they were at odds on means and ends.
0: I, I guess I just didn't. Yeah, they might have cut stuff. Yeah, because it just didn't feel like Echo was ever wavering in her belief in who she was protecting, and that like that they didn't also have her back. Like I never got that vibe.
2: Yeah. Oh well. Anyway, so it's I'm a, not crazy. It's a Maybe. super. I mean, I did chuckle. I, I have to say that, like, at home. I had a chuckle watching it, where I was like, "Look at you show making me root for Echo over Clark to save Bellamy." Like, look at, look at, we, yay, look at you guys. Like, I somewhere, so, bubs I think Bubs is like, Bubs is, so Bubs is, she, she just like felt a heart attack, spontaneous
1: combustion. Like, bubs just caught fire. Well, She's yeah, like, what? there's a disturbance in the force. Yes. I, she, I- <laughs> She is lighting shit on fire.
2: But I'm not saying I, like, liked it. I'm just being objective. No, no, no need to equivocate. Like, you love Echo. The end. I'm being objective in that, I mean, there are some folks that is not a Balark thing who are like, Echo kind of has taken precedence in the narrative over Raven, which- not on true. their on their side that's of on their side of the story, I think in terms of screen wise and monopolizing Raven with, with Shaw, I think that's actually true. Now, I don't think that that's I don't want to pit like two female characters. Like I want all of yeah. them on my screen. What I think is, we've had a lot of what I'm sure. What I'm really curious, like how this all shakes out. We've had a lot of new characters introduced. We've spent a lot of time with them. If they kill a bunch of them off in the finale, and it was at the expense of spending time with the people who are going to continue on with the show, like Luna and Roan last season, mm-hmm. I'm going to kind of scratch my head at it. But, like, I'm hoping yeah, we can I, keep I, some of them, because they were all great. But it was just... To great. It just came at the expense of Raven and Murphy and Monty and everyone else that, like, we were coming back or some, at least I was coming back for. Like, that's who I've been invested I can, in.
0: I can see them probably dropping Monty and Harper, like, because they have made it clear that they really just don't care about them this season very much. Um, Sad. But I, I I really hope, in my heart of hopes, that this isn't going to be a season where they kill off every single antagonist that we met and that we keep Dioza. Like, I, I hope in my heart of hearts, because fuck, she's so good.
1: If they kill off
2: it also, though, she's, she's pregnant. near term. It's also, she's a pregnant woman. Like, that's
1: yeah, she's a pregnant woman, nowhere fisa. near term. Super great character. Uh, so, Cece, you very, very, very valid um, um, criticism that... If they have introduced all these new people at the expense of others, and they just end up killing them all, what the fuck? Like, I can understand McCreary dying. I, I kind of don't want him to because I really kind of dig him. Mm-hmm. They could lose Shaw. Like, I don't even know what Shaw Aww. brings to the table anymore, right. um, other than boy, Cute a boy, boy for Raven to, to well, but, but care okay, about. Okay, but then if they after do after no development, but Jen, if they do that, then
2: if he doesn't continue into the next season. And I understand that the actor also now has a starring role after everything was shot months ago, right? Yeah. But he now has a starring role in another show, so there may be realities we have to deal with. But if they have spent, uh, other than the early scenes with between Raven and Bellamy and Raven and Murphy, I think that only takes us up through 503 or four, right? So since then, I feel like Raven has basically only had scenes with Shaw or like fighting with Echo about whether to yeah. kill Shaw. So if they kill him off, like, let's just put that character aside. I enjoy the actor. I wish it was better developed, but I like him.
1: Yeah, no, I like him a lot but, too. But you have
2: spent all this season with Raven. All she has done is is very quickly... They're
0: not going to kill off another one of her love interests.
2: It's like, what the fuck? Like, if they <laughs> kill
1: him off, <laughs> she, I'm going to be like... She
0: too has a cursed vagina, much like Clark. Yeah. Um, that's why they should get together. That's why it's Princess a, Mechanic should happen.
1: Yeah, well. Exactly. Exactly. We need,
0: um, we
2: need Princess Mechanic to, like, you know, have more than two lines to each other. I say Listen, Princess
1: Spy Mechanic. I mean, yeah. Come on, guys. Yeah. Princess yeah. Spy Mechanic, I totally. I'm easily. into it.
0: 100%. Um, let's go on to our well actuallys. Mm-hmm. Um, you had a good one, Whoa. Cece, and that actually really does a good job with also... Um, yours Yours <laughs> Re- about McCreary, and I I didn't put one in mine, but, like, I also am really curious about McCreary's... Um, Repopulation efforts. Uh, <laughs> him being like, Allegis Three had had a plan for repopulation. I'm like, yeah, you still don't have any fucking women. So like, <laughs> I- I- your your plan of I nuke the valley if no one else can have it. Like he's he's a little too mustache twirling villain for me.
2: Right. Like, well, he signposted that Allegis Three had a plan for the human race to survive. Yeah. I also noticed on rewatch that during the battle. One of one of the allegis folks were like they were like mowing down one crew with the gun perched on a Allegis Corp mm-hmm. like storage box. So they're definitely yeah. like sowing the seeds. You know, if you look at the trailer and you have a nuclear warhead exploding, which like fuck the CW. This is like when they showed Clark last season post-time jump with short hair, and you're like, why the fuck did you show me that? <laughs>
1: like, why That's are you so showing dumb. me
2: the missile making impact and exploding? And then you're like, like, um, well, we'll have- don't
1: actually watch the show that they're uh, pro
2: so, I guarantee So, so sorry, you. get
0: get to your get to your okay. well actually, CC. My, so
2: my well actually is that in the beginning in the top of the Episode when McCreary told Dioza, like basically, you're alive until my daughter's born, and then you're dead, right? It's like I was like, um, I don't think you can feed do you your are do you lactate, daughter. sir?
1: <laughs> because could you milk me? Do you you have a don't goat? have
2: like McCreary, you don't have breasts, as far as I can tell, and I'm betting that you don't have formula on Alicia so your daughter nipples will also die. Like <laughs> it was. Like, <laughs> You need a mom. Typical dude. Yeah, right? Like, you need formula or a mom with boobs. But, like, your <laughs> daughter's not surviving if you kill Dioza. She's got at least mm, six to nine months of having to nurse the baby. Sorry. Right?
0: Yeah.
1: <sighs>
0: yeah. Do you want to go, Jen? Or do you want to save yours for yeah. last? Yeah.
2: This
1: this is a huge fuck up. <laughs> so um, when Clark goes to remove uh, the, the flame from... Maddie's neck, which we which we later find out Maddie has changed the passcode to. Suck it, mom. Um, <laughs> suck it,
0: mom. Suck it, your parents. Do you guys four. remember Net Nanny? That they would always have commercials for it, um, like in the 90s and early 2000s, about like, I, I, it was some nonsense for people to put on their computers to like prevent their kids from looking at porn. But obviously the kids always got around it, and the <laughs> yeah, parents and could, could never always... use the internet.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, so... When, so Clark says uh, Ashende Superior to get the flame out of her head, which is not the way to get the flame out of her head. <laughs> There's another passphrase Ashende superioris" activates the flame to put it into somebody's head. And I went back and I watched uh, the end of season. Three I did too. today. Um, to hear, to, to, number one, to see who took the flame out of her head and and, and what the passphrase was. So it was Clark knew, knows the, the, the correct passphrase. Which and now is, Murphy does too. Yeah, Murphy does too. So it's 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 three words, I, Latin <laughs> shit. Um, and Clark, Clark uh, activated it and, and Abby pulled it out of her head at the end of season three. I'm like, how the fuck? Do you get this so wrong? It's such a key part of the flame. There's a there's words you use to put it in and different words you use to take it out. How the fuck do you fuck this up? All, <sighs> All right. right. Anyway, that's my well. actually. Um, I, I, it- <laughs> <laughs> so
2: my, my only response is... She was I flustered? Often, I often forget my password to things. And so... <laughs>
1: <laughs> so as a mother...
2: <laughs> As you a mother, I think Clark had a lot on her mind, and I often look. have to reset my password to things.
0: As, <laughs> a, a, She's like, hold on, I gotta, I gotta verify with my text phone. Hold hold still, Maddie. I'm waiting for the verification text
1: to come through. Also, God damn it, two-way author, uh, authorization. Also, as a mom, <laughs> I often get my children's names confused. I'll call Emmett Winston and I'll call Winston. See, it's Emmett all reasonable the time. that it's she just, was confused yeah,
2: all the time. Yeah,
1: it's just it's just a mom thing.
0: Just a, just mom stuff, hashtag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, my well actually is where Monty turning off the radio. When
1: I, d- did he actually?
0: I mean, was, why would yes, he turn he it down? I
1: think he did. Oh man, no, it's it, it seemed to snap. Yeah, off. so
0: it's just kind of like, well, radio silence doesn't mean you make it so that turn they the can't contact you. It's just you don't talk. You just shh. <laughs> um, so there was that, and then um, Echo choking Clark. And I know that this is one of my like fight scenes uh, niggles that I always have. Um, Clark was coughing at the end of it, but the choke that Echo was using, uh, is a carotid choke, so there wouldn't really, like, it wouldn't have been a windpipe choke. Um, I love your
2: fight. Well, actually, <laughs> <my> favorite.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, actually. Well, actually.
0: I mean, if Echo was going to choke her out via rear naked, like, it should have been a carotid. But anyway, so, the end.
2: I, I love, like, honestly... If I watched this, the third time I watched that episode, I'm like, they're <laughs> fucking fighting. Right? And she's like, you, like, like, I think back to the interviews that were like, this is not a love triangle. And I'm like, you're right. It's not. But you still have them physically fighting and it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> like, you managed, it was like the opposite. So it, the thing that I think is funny is like, if you think about season one, how they took the Raven-Clark-Finn triangle and turned it on its head where they were like, actually, the girls decide to both not pick the boy. This one was like, so now we're going to take a love triangle and we're going to have the girls still fight in a cat fight, but it's actually not going to be about who fights the boy. Like, to actually date the boy, it's going to be about fighting about something else. Like... It's (laughs) just (laughs) like... It's like someday someone will write art called The Hundred, how they explored love triangles by pretending they weren't exploring love triangles, but were actually deconstructing love triangles.
0: <laughs> like. So fucking meta. <laughs> um Yeah, you, you had some other thoughts, Cece? Any ones that you wanna share?
2: Um, well, we saw the teasing. Um well, oh, when I rewatched, um the score for this episode was actually really beautiful. Like, particularly the last um the whole nighttime when Octavia was giving Mm -hmm. herself up and the rescue, it was like really the music really added a lot. P.S. I liked
0: the rescue. Like, yeah, it was, I was like, finally one of those.
1: Right, but, I mean, it's an adventure yeah. squad moment. You got to. And look. Murphy it was, was pleased. Why are they
0: always like in the rover too for an adventure squad moment? Um, the the, the title of our Slack chat is Bell Abbey, so everything <laughs> happens in the rover. Well, yeah,
2: it's like the Scooby Van, exactly. Right, like, right. except with less
0: pot smoking, apparently. Because you're because Jen's brother's doing it all. I guess. I don't know if that'll actually. I don't know if you're if you're if if that story will make it into the pod. In which case, this is a really weird non sequitur.
1: <laughs> um the, well would Shaheen cut all of that I don't know I mean I don't know what he's gonna doesn't do doesn't he just cut out the ums? oh he
0: cuts out a lot of shit I don't even know and I'm usually why I don't know I don't know what happens oh
1: that depresses me I
2: don't know what happens I don't pay attention I never
1: cut anything out when I was editing I would just cut out the ums huh well,
2: okay. the only other our speculation this week was that First of all, we did not anticipate that a nuclear warhead was named Damocles. <laughs> so that will be hurtling toward the Earth, apparently. So we were like, Damocles the planet, and Damocles sword is in a lesson on leadership, but it's also a nuclear warhead that apparently is going to explode in Eden. So I guess this is what we were thinking in the last pod, that it's like nobody actually gets to stay in Eden, like if it's a nuclear warhead. And I think it's interesting, like, I never appreciated that Dioza's notebook talking about Damocles' sword and the speech she was going to give to leaders when she landed meant she was actually going to threaten them with a nuclear warhead, right? I mean, That's, what? That was her. So the whole speech she had written in the notebook when it was Damocles' sword. Yeah, she, was she had it dangling over Earth. Yeah, she was actually okay. threatening them with a nuclear warhead, which is, the I'm assuming, the one that we see in the trailer that says Damocles. So that's a really... Super interesting. She was going to go back. to. She was heading to Earth about to hold them hostage with a nuclear warhead and instead found Earth already annihilated by a nuclear war. <laughs> Tricks on you, Dioza.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, already took care of it for you. Welcome back. <laughs> so that was like an interesting tidbit of mythology. But going forward, it, things are not looking good for Eden if it's a nuclear warhead landing. So what I'm hoping is that all of this flame... I don't think it's a nuke. You don't. I mean, it didn't. So I think. I no, think I whatever think just they a were big mining that fuel. Thing.
1: That fuel that they were mining that was that's in the missile, but I it's I don't believe it's nuclear. So I don't think it eradicates. Yeah, I think it'll um, just all fuck life. shit up for a long time, but not as long as nukes.
2: So I guess that leaves the possibility for Monty to stay with his algae. Yeah. Or Monty to go on a, what I'm assuming, the spaceship to go where Eligius is with the algae. Either Something's way, happening with the fucking algae. And somebody well, uh, and somebody needs to know how to use it, correct? So Kara's dead, and Monty's the only one left that knows how to utilize that.
1: Um, pretty much,
2: I guess. Unless he stays, but then I guess if he... Where do
1: they stay, though? If like they, the s- bunker? If they stay and...
2: I don't know. And the rest of the people go into sleep on the spaceship? I don't know. We'll find I'm just out. just trying to think, I, like, yeah, how people. so weird. Yeah. But um, I think it's Becca's second, clan, like, her second chance. Because they showed us that flashback. I mean, I was, could
0: even see Becca on the ring. Sorry, Allie on the ring maybe having reached out and pulled Allegis 3 back. Like, what if she's still trying to help humanity? Because, like, her prime directive never changed.
2: Right, I mean, but that, but that flashback with Cadigan when she was like, I can save, you don't have to live in the bunker, I can save you all. Mm-hmm. Now, and, and together with McCreary's tease about Allegis Three having a, a plan to save humanity, mm-hmm. I think she she wasn't just talking about the flame. She had a concrete plan yeah. because she had a prior relationship with Allegis Three, of somewhere else people could go and Cadigan mm-hmm. burned her. And so oh, this God damn it, crazy is, Bill. So is this perhaps her like the hopeful like the hopefulness I'm for lack of a better word, hoping for in this finale. <laughs> is that, is that you bring, like, think back to, like, 307 and Becca, and, like, there was a whole layer to the flame and trying to save humanity that we never realized. It wasn't just the flame. It's that she knew Elijah III was living somewhere else, and she knew Earth was uninhabitable, and she came down as, like, a woman of science. And she's and like, burned, hey. And was burned as a witch by a fanatical man. And this is now the second chance in that flame to actually get to save people, and that would be awesome. So that's, that's what I'm super hoping super duper
1: for. interesting. I hadn't thought of it
2: that way. So that's what I'm hoping for.
1: Yeah, I didn't. I didn't make the connection between her and the Allegis three. I was thinking that she meant that the serum that she had meant that they could live outside the bunker if they if they injected it and became night. Blinds. Yeah, no, I think that's that. That is, I think, what we always like part of it based maybe? based I think on both what are true. we true.
2: Based on what okay. we knew, but what they've added, the layer they've added to the mythology is in season four, Becca was the one that invented Nightblood in order to allow Allegius Three to go where they went.
3: Mm.
2: The Allegius Three file is super encrypted and not even Raven could crack it. So who do you, th- I'm just speculating, but who do you think encrypted it? And now we have the flame in Maddie.
1: So you know, it could have been it could have been either Becca or Allie that encrypted it.
2: But either Either way, either way, it goes back to Becca, and the flame is in Maddie's head,
1: and And gives you more costume
0: options for Unity Days.
1: (laughs) For me, yeah. If you don't, if you go to Unity Days and just don't wear a flame costume, yeah, like you need to be Becca being burned at the stake. Because I now
2: wait, I now have Allie in the red dress, Becca being burned like a witch. Becca in her lab coat, Mander suit, and Becca in her lab coat. Yeah, you've got options.
1: Yeah, you got a lot of options,
2: but people still don't want to talk to me when I'm Ally. It's, like <laughs> it's scary. <laughs> it's because
0: you got the head tilt, and everyone's like, "Oh, two, they no. They move away from oh, me. Oh no, the elevator. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> do you do you have any other parting thoughts, Jen? My
1: um, I. I guess my parting thought is I came into this podcast full of salt. Oh, God, are we about to have feelings and heartwarming?
0: Yes. I think so.
1: God damn it. I hate this part. (laughs) Um, So I came in full of salt, and I think I've expended a lot. But I think talking to you guys for the past seven hours (laughs) um, (laughs) has not not necessarily allayed my my fears and concerns and frustrations about this season because I'm still like what they've done to Clark, what they've done to Maddie. You're still, you're um, still salty. The, the lack of, yeah, the lack of a hero, the lack of hope. I, that's still there, but you've, but I'm no longer like, I'm done with the show. I don't want to watch it ever again. I hate it. I'm not, you know, I, I think you guys have helped me talk through some of the issues I had and you have listened and this is a safe space, not a judgment-free space. And I think we've come to a lot of maybe different conclusions about what we think about things. But I still have hope, and I have hope after every season, even after some disappointments. <laughs> hope is hope is we're this gonna get Chekhov's gun. Yeah, I mean... That's a little shout-out to
0: Selena, I feel like.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we're going to get a pretty decent... Um, series finale. It'll get me hyped back up again. I don't know if I will ever, um, write reviews again, um, for this show. Uh, cause it, it, it eats into my week. Um, takes a lot of time away from things that I would rather be doing. And I just don't know if I have it in me anymore to explore this show, um, via the written word. I think I might have run the course, Or I might be like, I'm just going to do the good, the bad, and the ugly with some gifts. And a thousand words, be done. Um, So I'm still like, is it worth it anymore to put all this effort into it? But I think talking to you guys has really, really helped me work through some of my feelings. And, And some of the salt has maybe fallen off a little bit. Uh, but I probably I'll probably wake up tomorrow angry. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. yeah. No, totally. But, but so thank you guys for 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 going well, through
0: this. This is the. journey. I, I appreciate you guys both stepping stepping in on the pod. I know that we had some crazy fucking scheduling nonsense, and I'll talk about that uh, right before we wrap up. Um, my Jack Perse, uh conspiracy uh, theory, RIP. They appeared in a scene together in the present time. Um, Wait, what was your conspiracy theory? Oh, the Jasper, not Jasper, sorry. Jasper's dead. Jackson Jackson and Harper were the same person because they never this season appeared in the same (laughs) scene or episode together. The only episode that they both appeared in was the previous one and they were both in different timelines. Like one was in a flashback. This is some Westworld shit. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but they both were in, you know, the scene with Miller today, or you but know, question in the. yep,. Yeah,
2: yeah. Harp are we have our running Harper line count. Did she speak? Um, uh, I feel like she said something. <laughs> Did she? Maybe?
1: She, she was helped, there.
2: She helped catch Miller. Yeah, she helped compress the wound.-huh. Yeah, fuck Miller. Though. I don't Fucking think she actually that, spoke. So Harper
1: line count for so five, she's still a ghost. Zero. Still a ghost. No, no, she's had a conversation oh, no. with folks, so she's not a ghost. I mean, I saw Jen. I saw Jen.
2: Jen, I don't want to spoil the sixth sense for people, but it can seem like you're talking to a ghost.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's been twenty years. Hey. I think you can spoil the sixth sense. He's
0: dead. You know what? Another '90s movie reference. Another Bruce yes. Willis one. Good job,
1: Cece. Um, TV shows to recommend, to you guys. <laughs> Jen, you um, let me go first because I want. I want. I want. Kind of want Cece to go last because she's passionate. Oh my god, such passion! Um, I had originally wrote my first one was anything other than hundred. That was so salty of me. I retract that. Um, so. That was just angry Jen, and I don't want to be angry Jen anymore. But the other thing, and this is the weird one because it's so unlike me, but Cloak and Dagger on the Freeform Network, it's a a superhero show. I've heard uh, really good things. Yeah, it features two teens, um, Cloak and Dagger, and they have light powers and dark powers, and it's set in New Orleans. Really, really interesting kind of how they delve into history, especially African-American history in New Orleans. But here's the weird part. I ship Tandy and Tyrone. Shipper the titular
2: characters shipper gen.
1: so much. Yes. You guys know I am not Are a reading. Are you reading fic about it yet? Got, there's have you, videos. Have you read a videos of music?
2: There's videos of no, music.
1: No, no, no. There's I mean, if I wanted to 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 read or write fic, I just go buy the comic books. I mean, they've been around since 1986. Yeah, but
0: do they fuck in the comic books? <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, look, first of all, well, first, all right. So I'm not I'm not a huge shipper. People know I'm not a but huge shipper. you are shipper. now but I ship Tyrone and Tandy so much. <laughs> it's unbelievable. So it's a it's a it's a great show. Um I think those shippers out there, you're not getting your bell arc this season, you're not feeling it, definitely go check out Cloak and Dagger. Um I think you guys will like it. And that's it as far as what I've been watching. All right.
0: Um, I'm still, we just finished Into the Badlands. Um, I don't know what we're going to go to next because we've been too busy to, to watch much TV. Um, I think we'll probably switch over to The Good Fight since that's finished airing and it's sitting around burning a hole on our, on our, okay. on our drive.
1: Okay. Um, if, what? okay. So if I could have sex uh-huh. with any oh, opening this is, sequence I, I of like any the, oh. show, ah. I would have sex with the credit sequence of The Good Fight. Did they fight? change it, it is from is season so one to season two? Good. Um, they added, they added a little bit. They added like a, cu- a couple exploding TVs Ooh. with a couple people on it. But I- I'm just, I'm in love with the music. I'm in love with the visuals. I'm in love. I just, I love it. It's a, it's a good. I show. never skip. It's it. a good show. It's a good yeah. trivia question. If you could have sex with any opening
2: sequence of a television, hey listeners, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> It does You don't have to commit. It could be a one night thing. But yeah, if you, it's if fine. You could. Just yeah, a one night just, stand just, with a TV yeah, credit just, sequence. Uh, yeah, we're not saying
0: marry or kill. Or just fly. yeah. Come on, yeah. don't don't get don't don't get all weird about it.
1: Don't yeah, get attached. I mean, seriously,
0: I mean, whoa, yeah, you know what this was thing. when you, when we got into it.
2: Um. All right, Cece, <laughs> what have you got to recommend? <laughs> you know what I'm going to say.
0: Oh my God, we all do. Our listeners do.
2: They do. Yeah. If if listener, you are feeling. Disappointed by character interaction or character development, or or wishing them remembering anything that happened to them, <laughs> or shipping, or wishing timeship mattered, or you would like a replacement Belark to fill the hole in your heart. Yeah, but Bellamy's kind of fun. <laughs> no, I love. Don't say that. I love James Cole. And if you're bored, if you came I'm sorry. His hair is oh, no. His it's the chin.
1: '90s. Uh, no. Sh- <gasps> yeah. Weak chin too. No. Oh, I love that. Yeah. He's not a good leading no. man.
2: Well first of all
1: like
2: we're <laughs> we shitting all, all I'm over I'm sorry Cece. continue
0: I'm sorry we don't mean to like
2: put over your I was talking porn. about a show that's like a sci-fi masterpiece and you're objectifying the male lead but like go ahead
1: <laughs> No I mean I you can't objectify a chin that doesn't exist That is not nice You know and they I make they it. make they
0: make like facial um like strap-ons that like the dildo goes onto your chin
1: <laughs> I don't even know why that's into anything. Cece, please. He, he could never wear, wear it. Oh, luckies. <laughs> <laughs> Cece. She's please. so
0: mad at me right She's now. She's
2: gone. <laughs> She's just hung up. <laughs> we'll be quiet and we'll be good. Who knew that this would be the breaking point? <laughs> Four hours in, it's Chindola It is. It is a wonderful show. It's amazing. People people remember that they care about each other and people love each other even if they're mad at each other. So if you would like to watch a show that knows where it's going and you can go back and be like, holy shit, you knew what you were... Like, I'm going back now watching season one, and there's lines, and I just have a running tally for Joe. Oh, on. my God. I, like,
0: come back into Slack, and there's, like, 14 notifications <laughs> of lines that they said in season one. And I'm like, okay, like, yes. Like,
2: how did you plan something out so perfectly and yet take the time to make sure the audience knew what everybody meant to one another? So if you're feeling that... Whole gap in your heart right now and you're television watching, then on the hiatus, you should binge 12 Monkeys.
0: And if we have time among our feminist sci-fi theory, among our watch of humans, among our uh season three of The Expanse, maybe we'll cover 12 Monkeys. Otherwise, it'll have to be next hiatus. I um, should be...
2: Tw- I mean, if we're covering feminist sci-fi shows, I think 12 Monkeys yeah, totally. is one well, of the I mean, feminist like, shows that I I has like of
0: female characters ever. I meant a roundtable discussion. But, you know... Hey man, we'll see if we can find time. It's a good show. Everyone should watch it. Um, I think that's it, unless you guys have anything else. Well, I, I
1: actually do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, programming <laughs> notes Oh for, my god. God you damn it.
0: Just edit, edit that out, Shiny. No, no, no. don't. don't. Fucking <laughs> <insane>. Future Shiny, <Shaheen, laughs> don't edit that out. He's going to splinter back. Um, See, that's a 12 Monkeys joke for you fans. Um, Yeah, if you watched it, you'd get it. You'd get it. Um, Next week, so I know that I teased that Joe Garfine was going to be on this week, but we had a little bit of a scheduling nonsense, so this week you guys got us. Uh, Next week, in theory, hopefully, assuming that the stars align, we will have Joe Garfine on... and hopefully Shaheen will also be feeling well since he was a little bit under the weather today. So uh, Joe's got some special stuff planned for us. I can't really tease too much about it, but uh, you guys won't want to miss it. Um, I hope everyone enjoys the season finale. Um, I hope that, you know, it, it helps dry up some of these salty, tear lakes. Um, that's all I got. You guys?
2: No, thanks oh, for having me on thanks, the
0: season. Thanks for, having,
2: thanks for having me back. All
0: right, Good, good to have you back, Jen. All right. May we geek again, everybody. (laughs) Stay (laughs) turnt.
1: Oh,
3: God. (laughs)